Ten years ago, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... show joining me as always is new larry kevin jank i always did want to cornhole me a blind bitch <laughs> well, that's <laughs> that's a quote from the movie we will be reviewing this uh evening the toxic avenger yeah the toxic avenger what year was this 85 somewhere around there i think yeah i think 84 84 all right so i had never seen the toxic avenger uh we'll talk about it later but it's pretty good yeah. All right. So, <laughs> but there's no Tuffy this week. He's off uh, playing grab ass or something with uh, some turkeys or something for Thanksgiving. <laughs> so uh, joining us, we have a very special guest. This man has been on the show many times. He is a childhood friend of mine, a poet, and a musician. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. Todd Teacher. Todd. Hello, uh, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <is>. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Thanks for joining us here on this uh, evening. There, I can't wait to talk to you because the reason, whenever Todd shows up, you know there's a big uh, there's big news to break, and it, he has a new book available. Yeah, is, this is your tenth book of poetry, Todd. Uh, that's right. Uh, you just uh, keep it rolling. Our buddy cousin Brandon is also a poet. Yeah, Yeah, he's written one book. Brandon's written one book. (laughs) You've written ten. (laughs) I've only written three novels, uh, two novels and a collection of short stories. You've written ten books. Yeah, he's even beaten Miles Watson. Yeah, he is actually. Yeah, Miles Watson only has five (laughs) or four or five. Yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, Todd, um, your 10th book of poetry, they're all available at 19books.com. You can find them there, uh, but you purchase them through Amazon. They're available right now. This newest book is called Honest Blake. Honest Blake. Now, Todd, the novels I write, the mystery novels I write, they're the main characters, Honest John Churchfield. Honest John. Mm -hmm. So now you have Honest Blake. What is the significance of the name Honest Blake? Well, let's see. Uh, I, I think uh, Honest is a great title, and uh, <laughs> I, I got it from you. It is. I, it is a great title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I like the name Blake. Uh, I believe there was a L.A. King called Blake. <laughs> Rob Blake. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then he won. He won a Stanley Cup with my beloved Colorado Avalanche in two thousand and one. Yeah. Remember that? 
Oh, I didn't know you got traded to the Avalanche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but him and uh, Ray Bork and Adam Foote, they were like, you know, powerhouse trio there on the blue line. Okay, yeah, I thought he was a defenseman. That's right. There's also a winger for the New York Islanders, Jason Blake. He would score every time he played the Penguins. It's it terrible. But anyway, so that's the significance. You just think honest is a nice uh, description for somebody, and you really like the name Blake. I do. Uh, it's got like a boyish uh, feel to it. Uh, a boyish I have a nephew fancy. named Blake. Oh, there you go. You have a nephew. Oh, it's a tribute. Yeah, I love that. Uh, all right. Yeah, I was just reading up more about Rob Blake. I'm sorry, I was distracted. I loved Rob Blake. <laughs> he was great. Remember, he threw those big hip He's checks. Rob Blake. <laughs> no, no, Robert Blake's completely different. <laughs> That's this. This Rob Blake has never murdered his wife. Is that, was that his wife, Robert Blake? Is that who? How we know of? Wait, who was? Or his girlfriend? I yeah, they were married officially. Yeah, yeah. It may not have been official yet, but anyway. Todd Teacher has never murdered anybody. <laughs> that, that I know of. That's right. Uh, yeah. I, I'm a free man. <laughs> Before we get into the poetry, though, you're going to read some selections from the book for us a little bit later. Uh, but let's catch up on all things Todd, because, uh, first of all, congratulations. Uh, you just got a new job, right? You just got hired for a new job. Yes. Uh, I have to admit, uh, I'm excited. Um it's a, it's official. I signed the acceptance letter electronically on nice. Thanksgiving Eve. Oh. Yeah. yeah. What a and world we live in. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> I've signed nothing but digital contracts in my life. It's great. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, this without getting the specifics of, uh, you know, exactly where you're working, because we don't want the groupies showing up. Uh, this <laughs> is more like a counseling uh, situation. Um. Yeah, there's uh, aspects of counseling for sure, uh, uh, observing, listening, uh, paraphrasing. <laughs> paraphrasing is um, important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always told my parents I wanted to be when I was a kid. I want to be a paraphraser someday. <laughs> but, see? <laughs> So, but, uh, you know, as part of this, uh, this hiring process for Todd, I was one of his references. Yes. Yeah. So they sent me an email and and I had to fill out, yeah, I had to fill out like a survey, like a little, uh, online form answering questions about Todd. Now, did he put you down as a fake uh, employer of his? Or? <laughs> well, there's a bunch of options. You can put, like, uh, uh, are you an employer, a uh, uh, friend? or There's, like, six different options. Where So I said I'm a friend and a collaborator because, you know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, Todd and I, I said I worked with Todd on many publishing projects. <laughs> and he's – I said <laughs> nothing but great things about you, Todd. You know? Well – and thanks. They they said that uh, you uh, filled it out. They they used your name in an in email. Oh. So, oh. So no, I was the only one that filled it out. 
<laughs> you were instrumental in him being this jack. <laughs> Who else did you list as references? Anyone else we know? Uh, uh, no. Uh, uh, two teachers at the uh, intermediate units, um, Allegheny Westmoreland. That's like special education. Um, uh, okay. Two cool guys. Uh, two cool like, guys. I went, <laughs> we, <laughs> Two, two, I, I two cool like, guys I met on the street. They seem, they seem nice. Yeah. <laughs> One of them was named Snake. <laughs> Cigar face. Toxic Avengers. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but you didn't put down like Zippy or anybody? You know, Zippy. I'm sure he pulls some weight, you know. Yeah, like, well, there, there was no uh, personal references. Uh, oh, okay. I, I do have... Uh, <laughs> I have Zippy's number. Uh, but that's no, 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 no. <laughs> no that's <not> <laughs> you wanted a reference Zippy. that wouldn't give him the hi hat. I know all Zippy does is give me the hi hat, Don. I've asked him like I've sent him emails, he never responds. I I said I wrote to him about getting LCS back online. He says, yeah, he'd look into it. That was three, four months ago. He's never fucking done anything. Oh, that Zippy. <laughs> oh, that Zippy. I'm shaking my fist in the air right now. All right, but anyway, uh, so I, I was. What did that anyone else? So no one else responded. I was the only one that put out the thing. Uh, no, this girl uh, Krista responded, and uh, I think uh, Adam and uh, Richard responded oh, as two, well. Yeah, the two cool guys. All right, well, that's good. Hey, what about? Uh, you told me uh, on the phone, or you know, a few days ago, that uh, you asked somebody that you used to work for, and they fired you. Remember that? And he said, hey, can I get a reference from you? And they were, like, very, <laughs> uh, they were very hesitant. Yeah, this was years ago. I, I called him. Uh, oh, okay. Because, like, I needed to put a number down for, uh, like, uh, you know, like the past three jobs. Yeah. This, this was, like, 10 years ago or 15 years oh, ago. Oh, okay. holy hell. All right. <laughs> so, so I'm like, well. You know, they're asking for the phone number and they're asking if it's okay, uh, if the future employer calls. So I'm like, hey, I gotta give them a heads up. And it was my old boss and yeah, she was very quiet. <laughs> she, she's the one that yeah, gave me the hack. Todd says, can I use you for a reference? And she's dead silence. <laughs> 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 well, I'm glad it all worked out with this job, though, Todd. Uh, will you will you be starting like on Monday, or when do you start? Um, it's quite a rigorous uh, training. Oh. Um, at least two weeks of uh, like a, the big thing is called a uh, registered behavior technician, um, where you have to take a test. And there's like a, a week of uh, schooling, like online. Oh, okay. Online? Well, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's going in person. Well, uh, good luck with that. Make <laughs> now. Uh, because because you were still, uh, are you giving up the Ubering now? Is that a thing in the past? Are you, you done with? Are you going to still do that on the side as well? Um. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, Lyft. I haven't worked for Lyft. Oh yeah, Lyft. 
Now, is there a reason why you chose Lyft over Uber? Um, well, I, I was with Uber, but the uh, the term they use is uh, deactivation. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get them to give you a reference? <laughs> Yeah, really. <laughs> well, why did you get deactivated from Uber, Todd? I missed this story. What happened there? Um, falsely accused <laughs> three times <laughs> of uh, traveling under the influence. Oh, these frame jobs up there. I almost what choked the hell's going on? I almost choked to death. I was laughing so hard. All right, so you were you were accused falsely yes. of driving under the influence three times. That that is correct. Uh I I think part of it was uh you know I made the wrong turn. <laughs> I mean, I do that. It's not even under anything. Yeah. Uh, well, and uh, it'll happen. It, you know? Yeah, it happens. I make wrong all the time. Yeah, to, uh, <laughs> yeah. I get lost everywhere I go. Don't, don't worry about it. Uh, so, but it happened three times. You know. Wrongly accused three times. Um, yeah. Did they think you were might have been a little high? Is that what the situation was? <laughs> um. Well, I think part of it was like I had to enforce the rules. Um. Like, like say this one guy was like really mad at me. Uh, I, <laughs> I told him no open containers. Uh huh. In the car. And. <laughs> Like, I told him, like, he had to wear a mask. This was, like, back when COVID was okay, around. yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he just, like, flipped out. And I bet you he just, like, you know, went to the app and called yeah. me everything under the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fucking customers. Yeah, they're the worst. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's, you had deactivated from the Uber. You're still driving for Lyft. But then you told me uh, recently uh, you were in a uh, hit and run accident. Okay. Yeah, it was um, it was kind of a, like a, a wake up call. Like I haven't done a lift ride since, and um, I someone ran a red light and I uh, smashed to the driver's side, and uh, I got a police oh. report, and I got I had to buy a new car. A new SUV. Um, yeah, I'm okay, uh, thankfully. And, but so yeah, they hit like the front end of your car. Um, it was pretty much directly the driver's side door. Oh shit! Right on. Holy hell! Oh yeah, right, <laughs> right there. And you weren't hurt at all. Um, sore, like a my neck got a little sore and. I, I got bruises from the uh, seat belt at the waist. Man, uh, do you have? I guess did your car have airbags on the side or anything? Yeah, the two airbags on the driver's side went off. Oh, okay. Wow, how about that? 
actually work. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it worked. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you're all right there, Teach. Um, so, and then that guy hit you and he just took off. He didn't even wait around or anything. Oh, yeah, it was a hit and run. It was cold. <laughs> like, you know, like you think how, you know, someone could do that to their fellow man. But yeah, yeah it was a hit and run. Wow, that's ridiculous. No witnesses or anything? Yes, there was a witness and <clears throat> the police talked to him and, uh, like I, I, I talked to him and got his number. Uh, he, he heard the bang and he like immediately like looked out, came out of 7-Eleven and, uh, he said he saw the silver sedan take off. Um, he didn't, See the lights. Silver sedan, Jank. Yeah. Don't you drive a silver sedan? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I got a red. Oh, all right, so. all right. Oh, okay. You're lucky. You're lucky. <laughs> also right. in Illinois, so that kind of. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that stinks. But uh, but it, it, uh, you were okay. You were safe, and it kind of all worked out because then your insurance paid for a brand new car, right? That. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm. Um, <laughs> My mom and sister said, like, it, it was good that it was deemed a total loss because no one wants to buy a used car with an accident record. And I got, well, I think it was like $11,000 uh, check um, for the value of the car. So I was able to put a down payment down and then have some money. Yeah, some cushion for a little bit. Yeah, it's sweet. Look at that, the universe oh, taking care of you. got on this new car? <laughs> it's probably more than Mike Dell has on his car, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I've, I've had my car for <laughs> six years now, Todd. I've paid it off, and I have 7,000 miles on it. Wow. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's mind-boggling. I, I, I had my car, like... Uh, Three years and it had eighty six thousand on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't get out much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get out much. So uh, yeah, but I don't. Uh, I don't know if I could be a Lyft driver. I, I, like being around Greensburg would be fine. But you went into Pittsburgh and everything, and uh, I hate driving down in Pittsburgh. That's a mess down there. You know, just I got the crazy right. Yeah, it was on the Pittsburgh north side of about uh, 2.30 a.m. And, yeah, Pittsburgh, there's construction. Um, yeah. I never know what I'm doing when I'm driving to Pittsburgh. Right. <laughs> I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, nobody does. Uh, <laughs> I just try to follow <laughs> who's ever in front of me and hope they're going the same way. <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it all worked out though for you teaching that uh, you're all healthy and safe and you got a brand new car. All right, uh, hey, what else has been going on? Teach, hey, the Penguins won again today. They uh, we're recording this right after they beat the Filthy Flyers four-one. They drubbed them, so that's nice. Yeah, I heard it got pretty feisty. Uh, I think <laughs> at least one fight. Uh... Yeah, Marcus Patterson had to drop the gloves with somebody, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was a completely lopsided game. It wasn't even competitive, so it was nice. That's five wins in a row now. They're coming around. 
they, they started out the year 4-0-1, then they lost seven in a row, and now they've won five in a row. <laughs> so things are working out. A little streaky. It's a little streaky. Yeah. Um. I mean, those those stars, like, I mean, if they're clicking, yeah, yeah that's, that's, they're Conn Smythe winners. That's right. Crosby's got two. Malcolm's got one. Hey, uh, what about them Stillers? How do you feel about the Stillers this year? Not looking so good. Not so good. I, I went to the uh, Bengals game uh, oh. in Pittsburgh, and uh, it was cool because it was something like, like a dozen years since my last game. Um, it was I've never cold. been to a Steelers it, game. Never gone to one. Ever. It, it's worth it. Like, if you're a fan, um, you know, you get into it. Uh, um, like the terrible towel. And just, yeah. The crowd around you is kind of like a little niche. That might have some small talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> like, like someone like asks about you know the NFL rules. Oh, like, <laughs> I could help with that. I guess <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to talk like, to anybody. <laughs> he's like passing the fence. What is that? Fifteen yards? Ten yards? <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, the spot foul, sir. The spot foul. <laughs> Exactly. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, how do you feel about Kenny Pickett, the uh, young rookie QB they got? Um, hey, give him a chance. Get, yeah, give him, give him a chance. Yeah. Let him finish out the whole year from here. I, I think he's got uh, he's got something. Like he makes some plays where it's like, oh, that's an actual NFL quarterback right there making those plays. Um, got a good arm, bit of a gambler, you know. So I don't know. I think he, I think they got something in him. I wish he would change his number though. He wears number eight, which I guess is what he wore in college. Uh, at least I think it is. But uh, you know, that's touchdown. Tommy Maddox was number eight. Remember Tommy Maddox? I do. I there was kind of a like a wave of like excitement for Maddox, but yeah. he, he didn't last. No, he had one year where he was just lighting it up. And then, uh, yeah, they've been the last. But, but any time I look at eight, though, I think Tommy Maddox. So you don't want that in your franchise quarterback. Uh, he should be wearing like 13 because uh, I think that's the number. Because Dan Marino wore it, you know. And uh, the, the Steelers could have had a chance to draft Dan Marino, and they missed on him. Uh, but then they drafted Kenny Pickett because he's like the Pittsburgh quarterback that they actually drafted. So, yeah, put 13 on him. Then you got something. But eight. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> kind of yeah, thirteen. You know, like the five, like superstition. Yeah, that's right. Spitting its eye. Hey, Todd, it's a <laughs> World Cup season. Do you have World Cup fever? I have the fever. Uh oh, um, look out! <laughs> it's got World uh, Cup fever. <laughs> I know Jank loves I, the World Cup. Right? Jank, <laughs> I mean, Jank is what you call a hooligan. That's what he is. He's a <laughs> soccer hooligan. <laughs> yep, just breaking bottles on my head every time my team doesn't win. <laughs> do you root yeah. for USA, Jank, or do you like uh, like one of them foreign teams? <laughs> um, I just root for everyone to have a good time. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's nice. <of you. laughs> that's fair. 
I feel like a jerk now. I just root for one team all the time. But all right, that's nice. <laughs> uh, but Todd, remember teach like uh, back in like '94? We were like uh, 19 years old. Uh, we all had World Cup fever. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. Um, and R- Ronaldo was like, "This will be Ronaldo's cup." <laughs> I, I remember. Uh, I told. I said last week I, I rooted for Italy, and they had a guy named Giuseppe Signore. He's like a midfielder. I just love that name, so I rooted for Giuseppe Signore <laughs> in Italy, and it was quite uh, Yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, and then we always used to play FIFA on uh, Sega. And uh, that was always a good time. Those were the days. Oh, yeah. That, yeah that's a classic. Remember, we you'd wait till the uh, goalie got the ball, and when he was about to play, you'd get real close to him and jump up just as he threw it, and you'd hit it with your head and put it in the net. You remember that? That was always a good time. Yeah. Wow. That, that sounds like a play. Yeah, a little FIFA trick. But uh, So, all right, World Cup. I haven't watched that second of World Cup. Have you been watching the World Cup, Todd? Um, I, I tried to. Uh, I only. I was watching the Brazil game. Uh, uh, I think Thanksgiving Day. Um, and then I just caught like five minutes of the U.S. today. Uh, I guess um, did they win? I think I heard they won. Draw. Oh, draw! Of course, which, it's soccer. Which is. <laughs> yeah. We we didn't lose. Against England, nil nil. Is that what it was? Zero zero. Yeah. <laughs> Exciting game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's the thing about the World. <laughs> I, I guess this World Cup's down in Qatar. Is how they, back in the FIFA days we used to call it Qatar. Remember? Qatar. Now they call it Qatar. <laughs> but uh, I, I guess that's where it is. And because the World Cup shouldn't be played in November, it's stupid. Because you got football going on, you got hockey going on, you got basketball going on. Like, there's too much stuff going on. No one cares about it. It used to always be in the summer. You play the World Cup in the summer when nothing's going on. That's how you get eyeballs. Yeah. So, like, I'd watch it. Well, I want to watch it. Uh, yeah, I want to watch it. I don't, I don't <laughs> even turn on. Like, uh, hockey and wrestling, that's literally all I turn the TV on for. That's it. I don't watch anything on TV. Oh, football. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah. leave the house. You don't yeah. watch anything on TV. It's like, I don't know how you spend your days. <laughs> Editing <laughs> and listening to old radio shows. <laughs> That's what I like to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still listening to The Whistler every day. Oh, I love that show. Yeah. <laughs> Falling asleep to that one a lot. Oh, you've been, listen- you've been listening like to The Whistler? Whistler? Yeah. Yeah. Good times. I always, hey, Todd, there's this radio show. It's called The Whistler. And it's kind of like the Alfred Hitchcock Presents, if you remember that show, where someone gets murdered, and there's usually a little twist at the end. But the, the gimmick with The Whistler is there's a narrator throughout the episode. He's known as The Whistler because uh, he walk, he likes to whistle. And uh, <laughs> he, he walks by night, so he knows the inner workings oh. of man. And uh, But throughout when he's narrating, though, he takes little pokes and jabs at the person who's like the murderer. Like, dang, that's the best part when he's making little jokes about him. Like, oh, you thought you were going to get away with this, didn't you, Jimmy? Well, now what's happening? You know, that kind of stuff. It's great. Yeah. I wish I ever made it that far into the episodes, but I don't. Oh, you always have to sleep. Well, each episode, there's a little twist at the end. You got to get there, you know. But uh, 
I know. I would like to one day, but <laughs> I'll take a real insomnia. Hey, guess. Jake, maybe uh, next week on the show, top 11 Whistler episodes. Maybe. We'll have to, oh, okay. have to see if I can find a list of them somewhere. <laughs> anyway. Uh, a lot. I know there's a real lot of them. Looks yeah, there like are a lot of teams. Yeah, there's at least – there's collections on YouTube, and each collection's like 11 hours, and there's at least 12 <laughs> numbered collections. <laughs> so you can <laughs> – that's a lot of Whistler. <laughs> yeah, listen on Spotify. You can keep scrolling down pretty far. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty far. All right. Uh, so, Teach, anything else going on that you would like to discuss, or should we get right into the poetry here? Um, let's see. Uh, we, we can uh, just uh, dive right in to right. poetry. Hey, uh, when I opened up the book today to uh, – look at it i noticed that i i have the copyright as 2021 so i will change that yeah in fairness i have no idea what year it is so <laughs> 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 i will fix that we'll get a 2022 <laughs> so you'll probably be getting an email from them saying hey your book's available that's just because i went in and changed that all right <laughs> that's what that's what we <laughs> uh, but otherwise Honest Blake, it's up there now. If you buy it now, you'll get a collector's edition that says copyright 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Act now while supplies last. That'll be worth a, a fortune later on. Yeah, now, now Todd, uh, each book you dedicate to someone. And I saw this book. You dedicated it to uh, – well, tell the kids who you dedicated it to. Um, uh, Chris Farley. Yeah, Chris Farley. Oh, I had no idea you knew nice. Chris Farley. Did you guys hang out? This is just in general. You're dedicating it to Chris Farley. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love Saturday Night Live. Um, like, I lived in Jersey for five years, so my roots were going down. Um, so, like, you know, SNO in New York City are hand in hand. <laughs> um, and and plus, he, I feel like he was like the '90s, like our generation's, uh, you know, entertainer. Um, I mean, he's just and funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you have a favorite Chris Farley uh, bit on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, wasn't there that that one scene where, um, like he was like he was singing with this guy, and like they were saying, like these two guys, they they're like they're not gay, but. And but they keep singing these like gay songs, and they're like about to kiss. And <laughs> I, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> Jake, do you recall uh, that? I have no recollection of anything so close. To that. No, not definitely not with Chris Farley. I remember Catan and Will Ferrell doing something like that, where they were basically Air Supply, but they kept singing like songs that were very gay and <laughs> looking like oh. they were gonna kiss, but. So, Todd, do you want me to dedicate this book to Chris Catan when I get in there? 
no, no, sorry. All right, we'll leave it at Chris Farley. <laughs> you can Farley see how important Chris Farley is to Todd, though. You can see how important he is because he, he has so many moments on the tip of his tongue. <laughs> uh, also, Todd, each book you also have like a little quote at the at the beginning of the book, and in this one it, it is uh, to be against your Uber driver is dumb. He's giving you a ride. <laughs> And this is from a yeah. Denver PA rideshare rider, 2021. So, yeah, if only more people would have listened to that, you wouldn't have been deactivated as an Uber driver. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, oh, go ahead. He Sorry. might have went to fit. He might have went to fit, so he's a smart kid. <laughs> <laughs> you went to Penn State, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Todd's a Penn Stater. Uh, hey, uh, is there, are there any poems that you would definitely? I, I noticed, Todd, this book is a little bit longer than the other ones. I think it, it clocks in at 101 pages. So, um, do you know the number of poems? Because some of these poems are pretty long. There, there's a couple poems that span several pages. Yeah, there's some long ones. Uh, Bull is long. Um, it's, it's a total of, uh, 75 poems, uh. Yeah, there you go. That's a lot of entertainment. Hmm. 75 poems. That would take me like a month to read. Yeah. <laughs> a lot <laughs> of poems. Good. A lot of poems. <laughs> uh, are there any you definitely want to read for us, or should I just pick some at random? Um, you, you can pick some at Random, uh, the, the one, I think it's called The Day Bob Dylan Visited Me. I, I like that one. All right, uh, go to that one. Uh, also, uh, th- there's one poem in here, it has a giant blue symbol in it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Was that, I, I assumed it was on purpose, so I left it there. Uh, as look at the positives, and there's like a giant big blue purple or big blue like plus sign you know what i'm talking about oh yeah that's in a bull it was um like first i had a heart like a big heart okay um and then like i i put something like uh, i went to google or i went to word and it wasn't registering so I like I raced it and or tried to erase it but all and then it was just a block like yeah. a square and then I tried to erase that but I guess it still went through uh in the computer. <laughs> so should it be there or shouldn't it be there? <laughs> it, uh the camera with the explanation point it, it shouldn't be there. <laughs> See, when I'm looking at it now, it's like a giant blue pl- I thought, oh, this is some artistic thing he's doing. I- I'll-, I'll take that out as well. <laughs> I can never tell with these poets. You know, I don't know what he what is in his mind. I just assume it's yeah. all right. I'll-, I'll take that out as well. We'll get rid of that. Um, okay. If I can. Holy hell. Well, maybe I won't. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> all right. I just, ca- I just got rid of it. All right. Better that way. 
Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Another collector's item if you get one with a blue plus yep. item. All right, uh, but yeah, bull that poem that poem bull it goes about six or seven pages. Holy hell! Holy hell! Yeah. Epic. Yeah, I know. It's like uh, the Iliad or something. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like Camelot, the the poem Camelot also has a little black dot in it. I assume that was intentional. Was that intentional? Um, let me scroll to it. Uh, yeah, it like, it like separates yeah. the. That looked intentional as well, so I left it. But yeah, that's intentional. I, I, I think what happened with that is like I had an old piece of paper from like 2000, and like say there was writing on the front, and maybe writing on the back, or or two different writings and one side of the page so i just kept them together but separate oh all right there you go um hey uh you know what let's start with car crash is it because you were you were just talking about you being in a car crash so uh now was that did that hit and run accident inspire this poem um no not not this one uh oh um I, i dug deep on this book uh like to to the earliest papers I've I've had, which somewhere in college, like like 1995, oh. 1997. Holy hell! Going back 30 years to get some of these. <clears throat> All right, well let's uh let's start with that one. It's a short one. And, and again, remember when you're done, say ding. <laughs> Okay, car crash, car crash, left on my own to drag myself out, Good Samaritan gives me eyes, driving blind on the road of love, thing. Yeah, <laughs> driving Short blind report. on the road of love. That's pretty deep, Todd. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a story of Jenks life. Driving blind. On the road. <laughs> 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 Wish I could get deep. More like driving shallow. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, man, there are some long ones. I don't want to have uh, too long of the, the reads here. I'm trying to find some smaller ones. Oh, uh, here's one. Let's see. Uh, uh, how about the disaster? Ooh. Okay. Might be about to move again. <laughs> this whole book's about jank. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this, this one I remember, uh, like, I, it was always in my mind. I didn't have to write it down because I knew it. And then, like, five years later, I wrote it down. Ah, there you go. Lasted five years. <clears throat> Disaster. Turtle Creek, Pennsylvania. Under act of God, lava has covered me like 
an accident, like an ancient citizen. It has dried, or is it a dried mudslide there to leave a human fossil thing? <laughs> so this is about Mount Vesuvius? Is that what this is about? <laughs> Lava? You like it. Um, yeah, it's like kind of third world feel to it uh, in like, like 2,000 years ago or something. All right, let's uh, <clears throat> go back to the front of the book, Todd. I want you to read this one. It's, uh, it's called 62600. So June 26, 2000. Who are we dealing with here? Okay, uh, let's see. Yeah, that, that's the date I wrote it. So this one's uh, like 22 years old. <laughs> okay, so. He's sitting there on the couch. Why is he sitting? Get up. He's wearing his soft psychedelic clothes and glasses. I swear, you look at him at a certain time, he ain't got no head. He's all right. But he would say sometimes, let's go down to Louisiana and eat all the pig we can get as he puts both hands down his pants. His haircut <laughs> looks kind of gay. Bing. <laughs> all right. So let's just recap. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I love it. But he would say sometimes, let's go down to Louisiana and eat all the pig we can get. <laughs> this guy really likes pig. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he puts both his hands down his pants. <laughs> Seems like an odd move. Especially yeah. for yeah. a company. Put both hands down your pants. And, and then he says, uh, I mean, and then I it, of those things that I go to Popeyes usually. Like, uh, <laughs> let's go to Louisiana and I put my hands down my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final line, you make the observation that his haircut looks kind of gay. <laughs> now, uh, yeah. uh, it's not the fact that his hands are down in front of you that's the gay. <laughs> it's the haircut. Maybe, maybe. It's the haircut that does it. Well, his pants are his hands are down his pants. They weren't down Todd's pants. If they were down Todd's pants, yeah, then. <laughs> now, was this poem about an actual uh, interaction you had with someone? Um, no, it's a, no. This is like all oh, like trying to be like a metaphor. Um, oh. I, actually, I might have been like in uh, North Carolina at the time. So maybe that Louisiana Southern theme was there. Um, Did you eat a lot of pig? Um, no. Uh, I, 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 no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but he wanted to. <laughs> wanted to, yes. 
<laughs> oh, that's good. I'm going to try uh, the next time I get my got caught with my hands down my pants. I'm like, it's a metaphor. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's just a metaphor. Shut the fuck up, Ari. It's a metaphor. Man, that Bob Dylan poem, uh, Todd, it's very long. It's like... That'll be the closer. That's like three pages of reading. I mean... I don't mm-hmm. have, are you up to reading that whole poem? I mean, that's pretty long. Yeah, we can we can close with that one, the grand finale. All right, let's do one more, and then we'll get to that one. Um, looking for another, uh, <clears throat> like a shorter one here. Um, now I feel bad that I took out that big uh, blue cross. Maybe that would have been a nice touch, you know? Yeah, um it's just uh all it shows on the uh Kindle is uh a camera with an exclamation point. It, it doesn't show <laughs> Yeah, that's cuz yeah, the Kindle version it won't it doesn't understand that symbol. So it just tells uh, you that there's a broken <laughs> symbol there. Um yeah, I'm trying to think uh let's find one other little one. All right, let's to go uh train go by. Train go by. Okay. Let's see. Train go by. Okay, uh let's see. <laughs> T R Yeah, that's oh, the there it is. Um, train go by forest fire train love hard to stop stand on each side key to hearts Wheels of love. We give each other five and let the train go by. Surprised? Ding. Ding. Look at M. Night Shyamalan ending there. (laughs) (laughs) A little twist there at the end. Uh, Yeah. uh, What, uh, let getting the train go by. In Greensburg, we do have trains go by all the time here in Greensburg. Trains go by. Yeah. Illinois, is that, too. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about, watching the trains go by? Um, well, yeah, Greensburg, Pittsburgh, a lot of trains. Um, but, like, uh, in, in rock songs, there's uh, the train is used – as a um, metaphor often. Um, I think Bob Dylan has a line, um, something like, two trains side by side. Um, um, Pink Floyd riding the gravy train. Um, I want to catch that train. I think Hendrix has a song about a train. Yeah. A lot of trains. 
All right. <laughs> just a lot of trains. <laughs> so let's go. The day Bob Dylan visited me is the grand finale. Uh, now, now, get ready because uh, this is a long poem. So pull up uh, some uh, a hot beverage, maybe a snack. <laughs> Sit back and relax, and listen to Todd read uh, this lovely poem. Now, Todd, uh, Bob Dylan never visited you, correct? Like you've never had Bob Dylan visit you personally. <laughs> again, this is a metaphor. That's a metaphor. Uh, yeah, you could call it that. Uh, I, I never met Bob. Uh, this was a dream I had. Hey, you know what I think about every time I look at Bob Dylan? Wow, that guy looks like Alf. That's what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> he sure looks like Alf. Not wrong. <laughs> All right. So here it is. The day Bob Dylan visited me. The day Bob Dylan visited me. He was at my friend's house on top of the hill. I, on the left side of him, he was sitting on what seemed to be a throne-like chair, and it was staying deep brown and skinny. It reminded me of a rocking chair when I was young, but it was too stiff to rock. There was lots of sunlight and light in the room on the elevated level He had his back to my family and the window. When I stood up, he would say to somebody in the room, look at his shorts. When I looked in the mirror, I saw myself. My face was painted black, smoking a cigarette had a small to medium-sized afro, had black and gray clothes on, Steelers sweatpants, and a pair of gray-ripped pair over those. Looked like a bum, a thick black jacket on, paired to be boots in a silly mood. He told me, I should learn how to frown. And then gave a big frown with lips all the way down. And I was playing Dylan's guitar, a shiny protective cover, a black triangle on it. I was playing the first and third strings but they were hardly making any noise at all, if any. The second string, I was just moving my finger, moving it up and down. It sounded nice, like a violin. It went into Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And as Dylan was sitting there in front of me, on the edge, on the sea, 
blue couch at the edge of a steep drop at my cousin's house, about to say something, but I repeated the chorus. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Very quiet. I must have been elevated. And he was dressed in Christmas clothes. It almost looked like he was going to hit on me. He told me, all I ever do is be. But I quickly answered back, be here now. You know, Lennon's theory. And I thought to myself, I'm not a huge Lennon fan and I didn't like be here now as much as definitely, maybe. And what's the story, Morning Glory? And I sat down, almost laid down on the sea blue sofa. And he was going to say something and said, what, that I'm dirty? I said, a little dirty. I said, I'm not a lot dirty, but a little. And he picked up the burgundy blanket and the white part around the edge was stained brown. And he couldn't stand the sight and smell and threw it away to the ground. And his head was turned and I could see the bottom part of his tongue that was ugly, uncontrolled, dirty, and very physical. His head was turned almost as if he was slapped. As I stood up to do something, he said to somebody, look at his shorts. As a black mass shadow ball came into the picture, and lastly, he leaned down, pointed at the mirror with his thumb, take a hike. And all I remembered, and I remembered all he said, and what I looked like. And then I woke up. Ding. Wow, there it is. So uh, it's a dream about Bob Dylan visiting you. And what I took from it is he hated your shorts. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, he didn't seem to like my shorts. What's that about? (laughs) What a jerk. There it is. The day Bob Dylan visited Todd. Wow, there it is. So, uh, again, 75 poems you can purchase in one book. Honest Blake, the new uh, release from One Nine Books and Todd Teacher. Congratulations, Todd, on another book. Well done. Thanks. Are you already working on another one? You crank these out pretty quick, so. Oh, um, yeah, I started on the next one. Wow. 
<laughs> new job, and he's already cranking out a new book. I know. New car, new job, working on a new book. Yeah. Todd's living wow. the dream. Living the dream. Um, all right, Todd. And again, everyone, just go to Amazon, search for Todd Teacher. It'll pop up. Go to One Nine Books. You'll find them there in the poetry section alongside Cousin Brandon. Yes, boom, boom. Those are the only two poets I work <laughs> with. Brandon, yeah. <laughs> He's been swallowed up at this point. Yeah. I only deal with two poets. Two poets. Brandon and Todd. That's it. <laughs> the only poets I want to deal with. But, uh, all right, Teach. Well, thank you very much for joining the big show again. Uh, anything else you'd like to tell the kids? Where you go? Anything you'd like to plug? Are you still doing shows? You sent me a link to uh, one of your open mic deals. Yeah, you're still trying to do those now that the pandemic's over? Yes. I am, uh, I actually talked to, uh, Fish, the, the bartender at, uh, Scooby's in Greensburg. Wait. And... <laughs> just that sentence. Just listen to that sentence. I talked to Fish, <laughs> the bartender at Scooby's. <laughs> Fish is the bartender at Scooby's. All right. <laughs> yeah, for, he's been there, like, Probably at least twenty years. Just get fish on the show. He probably has some stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk to fish. It, um, I, th- I think he has some house rules. Um, I, something like uh, the bartender's always right. <laughs> yeah. And and a twenty percent tip if you leave your credit card. <laughs> I don't know about this fish character. <laughs> shady. But all right, but I so you will be doing more uh, open mic stuff at Scooby's and elsewhere around town. Um. Yeah, I I do plan on. Uh, Another open mic. I, I was just working on the uh, keyboard the other night. Uh, working that demo button. Demo, demo, demo. Um, <laughs> I, I've used I've used the there's a Christmas songs on it. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, teach. Uh, what was I was gonna say. Uh, wait, is that remember that cafe on Pennsylvania Avenue? Uh, Deviate. Remember that? Yeah, it's still there. It's still there. Wow. That's, that's yeah, been there a good coffee. twenty years, right? Yeah, I mean, it keeps years keep going on, uh, like falling by like rain. Uh, yeah, yeah, I bet you twenty years. Yeah, because I mean, we were in our twenties when it opened, right? I seem to yeah, recall. something like that. Uh, also, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a cat cafe in Greensburg. <laughs> yeah, it took me a while to. Realize it's actually the pet's cat. <laughs> and it's not. It's not far from Scooby's. You just go through the tunnel there on Scooby's and make. And it's right there on your right. And uh, uh, so I think you should do an open mic at the Cat Cafe for all the cats. You know. Wow. <laughs> I, man, uh, that'd be pretty sweet. Brought in my horizon. Yeah, because I think they have actual <laughs> cats just rocking around the cafe. You know, that's the that's the the attraction. 
you get to see cats while you drink your coffee. <laughs> you can go in and play some songs for the cats. That's right. Uh... Pretty good. I'm going to open up a monkey cafe in Greensboro. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be shut down after one day after someone gets their face ripped off. <laughs> Bring your own monkey. No, well, bring your own bananas. <laughs> That'll be the tagline. Right, you so. better bring. You get angry otherwise. Byob, <laughs> bring your own bananas. All right, yeah. Todd. Well, thank you, buddy, and uh, I hope. Uh, hey, the holiday season's upon us, so I hope you and the family have a good Christmas coming up. Um, but uh, sure, we'll be in touch. Best of luck on the new. Yeah. Book. Thanks. Uh, it's good hearing from you too. Uh, Merry Christmas. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, feel free to like call anytime or whatever. And good luck with the new job as well. All right. Yeah. That goes well. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to get tested. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, no one. Uh, our reports me driving under the influence. <laughs> 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 At least not three times. Maybe just once. Yeah. But not three times. Once. <laughs> All right, Todd. Well, thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. There he goes. Right, see you. There he goes, Todd Teacher. The greatest. Go buy his book, onenightbooks.com. Amazon.com. And, I'll uh, get one of those for my cousin. He doesn't even yeah, know. Yeah, they make excellent stocking stuffers. <laughs> <laughs> and there's 11 of them. So, or 10 of them. Yeah. 10 of them. <laughs> That's going to break the stocking right <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> yes. He's working on number 11 right now. <clears throat> All right, so uh, we caught up with Todd. Now, uh, later in the show, I might... Uh, Test the Jank's comic book knowledge with some oh, uh, obscure Marvel <laughs> trivia. Uh, but for now, let's talk. Talk like knowledge is what did they think was important to add into this role playing game, and what kind of values did they give things? Yeah, yeah, we'll discuss this uh, yeah. Marvel role playing game from 1984. I think is when it first came out, and okay. so the characters have changed quite a bit in those 28 years. Yeah. So I'm sure that we'll figure it out. All right, so uh, now, though, let's talk Toxic Avenger, because, yeah. Jank, this was your pick. It's on Tubi. Everyone can go to Tubi and watch it, and uh, there's a bunch of Toxic Avengers. How many did they – they made at least, like, three or four of these, right? I think there's a total of four, um, and I believe they're actually working on a reboot now with uh, – what's his name? Um, I I read Peter Dinklage. Yes, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so what is he? Is he, like, the what? nerdy guy who turns into yeah. the Toxic Avenger? I don't know. He seems a little old to be like the the pimply face uh, yeah. mop. <laughs> it's like yeah, he's like forty five, right? Or, or, yeah, that's yeah, weird. Uh, they also had a Saturday morning cartoon. Ass. And little toy action this. figures. But like this movie should not be made for kids. Like nothing from this no. movie. Should... <laughs> <laughs> this movie is shocking. It's very disturbing. This <laughs> yeah. there's, there's horrific death scenes in this. Yeah, so. nothing about this screams Saturday morning cartoon show. But boy, they somehow find a way to make it work. 
the uh, the cartoon show, was, from what I recall, was a lot more like Captain Planety, where they changed it to the Toxic Crusaders, and uh, like they were you know cleaning up pollution and shit like that. Oh, instead of just you know ripping people's arms off. <laughs> yeah, it is different. Yeah, um, yeah. This movie came out in 1984. It's an hour and 22 minutes, so uh, that's a goes down easy. And here's the description from IMDb. Tromaville has a monstrous new hero. The toxic Avenger is born when meek mop boy Melvin falls into a vat of toxic waste. Now evildoers will have a lot to lose. <laughs> oh, do that. <laughs> now, I remember when I was a little kid. Uh, this came out in 84, so I, I guess I was about 10 or so probably when uh, it was on HBO. Or, or I saw it on TV came up, and I was like, oh, this is probably be pretty good. And I turned it on. I thought, oh, this is terrible, and I just turned it off right away. <laughs> but, but now all these years later watching it, it it's it's entertaining. Yeah, if you're expecting, like, a good polished superhero movie, this really isn't it. But it's, no, it's no. got a lot of the tropes from superhero movies and stuff in there, too, so it's fun. And it, it definitely has its own feel to it. Like, it's over the top with the acting, and uh, it has a style to it. Um, yes. You, you may not like that style, but it has a style. Yes, it's very over the top. The directors here are, uh, it's a duo, Michael Hers and Lloyd Kaufman. Are they famous for anything else, or is this all they did? I didn't even look them up. Uh, I mean, they were the main Troma guys, like especially Lloyd Kaufman. He was the main guy who ran Troma Studios, which this is more the vibe I associate with uh, with Troma rather than, uh, what was that, Nightmare Weekend that we watched a couple weeks ago. Where I was like, this is weird. It's all French. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, I have no concept of Troma. Explain to kids what Troma is. Yeah, they were a studio that made a lot of movies like this, where it was kind of low budget. But usually very gory and very, you know, just profane, like a lot of just like stuff that, you know, a lot of 13 year old kids would be like, ah, oh, sweet. Yeah, that's probably the best way to describe it. <laughs> Making <laughs> movies for 13 year olds. Yeah. Illiterate 13 year olds. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> They're not reading uh, a lot of poetry books. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So those are the two uh, directors there. And uh, the writers were also uh, Lloyd Coffin, Joe Ritter did the screenplay, and uh, Gary Partington, and somebody named Terry added oh. additional material. <laughs> Just Terry. One of those cool dudes Todd met on the street who gave him a reference at work, Terry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those guys. All right, so uh, the cast of this film, is there anyone famous in this movie? <laughs> Uh, not that I can see now. Well, there is actually. Oh, really? This is the first film appearance of one Marissa Tomei. What? Yes. I did not realize that either until I read the trivia. Yeah, I don't think. She, uh, she's just a walk-on, like a little bit part. Uh, when they're in the, uh, uh, fitness club and the toxic Avenger comes in and he murders that dude who's doing the bench. He drops yeah. the weights on his head. <clears throat> I believe, I believe this is when it happens. She comes out of the shower wearing a towel and she just screams. Oh, okay. That girl's Marissa Tomei. It does not look like Marissa Tomei. Like I would not recognize <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a young brunette girl. I would not recognize her as Marissa Tomei, you know, but, <laughs> 
that is Marissa Tomei's first film appearance. Wow, that's pretty great. Yeah, Marissa Tomei is an all timer. She is great. So yeah, yeah. Oh, do the yeah, yeah. So here it is. You get to experience Marissa Tomei making a film debut. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, there's yeah, no right. one else. Now it really does not look like her at all. Yeah, it does not. <laughs> but I don't know how old she was here. Maybe this is '84. She's probably like 17, 18 or something. I don't know, I don't know when she was born, but she couldn't have. Uh, yeah. Now I got to Google up her age. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, Whatever age it is, it's too young to be playing Aunt May. Smoking hot Aunt May. <laughs> uh, she was born in 1964, so she was 20 here. Oh, oh wow! Dang. She changed. She changed a lot from like 20 yeah. to. Because when was when was uh, my cousin Vinny? That wasn't too long after this, right? Yeah, that was probably 91. I want to say. So yeah, from 20 to uh, 26 or 27, she really came through. 1992. Yeah. Wow. Oh, which I'm looking at the wrong. No, that's not her age. Um, I'm fucking a. I typed in Marissa. Like <laughs> I was on Mariska Hargitay's page. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like this. God damn it! <laughs> I was like, this really doesn't look like Marissa Tomei now. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, Google, I uh, jumped on me, and because uh, yeah. then I noticed her. Wait, her parents are Jane Mansfield. <laughs> no, that's not. Oh, that's not her. <laughs> no, uh, uh, Marissa Tomei's parents are Rita Tomei and Romeo Tomei. That but she was also born in 1964, so they were born the same year. <laughs> wow, you got the right answer by doing the wrong thing. It's like yeah. showing your work, but somehow you know you guessed right, <laughs> but nothing you wrote made any sense. Yeah, she was, uh, she's 57 at the time, uh, now, but she was 20 at the time. Um, I think, uh, my cousin Vinny was 1992. So she had been 28, 27, 28, depending on what it was filmed and whatnot. All right, so there is, but, uh, Marissa Tomei's first appearance. So that's pretty good. All right, but, uh, no one else, the, the nerdy guy in this is played by a fella named, uh, uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, uh, Mark <laughs> Torgi. Mark, or no, Mark Torgol. Is that it? How do you say it? Uh, I always thought it was an I. I yeah, I always thought it was an I, but I, I guess it's an L. Mark Torgol. <laughs> T-O-R-G-L. Torgol. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. One of those you, you see next to each other very often. Yeah, again, I am a, a professional editor, so I always <laughs> notice... How about you respell this? Make it make it flow better. <laughs> yeah, I think Mark Torgi is better than Torgel. But uh, the character he plays is Melvin. Well, they call him Melvin Junko here, but I think that his name changed. I'm looking at IMDb. Uh, like they added the Junko in later films. Uh, here he's known as Melvin Ferd. Yeah. And so I think Melvin Ferd's a funnier name. You know? Yeah. Junko, I guess, because he lives in the junkyard. They're like, oh, we'll make a connection there. But that's that's worse. Yeah, it's definitely worse. So then like when he be, he becomes the Toxic Avenger, the, the the actual Toxic Avenger is played by a fellow named Mitch Cohen. And although I think some, 
maybe uh, he played the the Avenger in one other film, but I guess someone else must have played him in a uh, couple others as well. I only saw like two of the films listed on his page. Well, I mean, to be fair, a lot of it's in the makeup. You're not seeing yeah. a lot of actors, so I think you can get away with just about anybody being in there. How did you feel like when he turns into the Toxic Avenger? His voice also gets very deep and uh, yeah. I, I I don't know. I think it would have been better if he kept his nerdy voice. <laughs> oh, that would have been a way to go. But I guess if you're trying to make him a superhero, it makes more sense to have him be deeper. But he's like very different. Like he was very just nerdy and you know nervous around girls the whole time, but yeah. he's like super confident and shit. Now that he's a monster. Yeah, describe what he looks like for the people out there. The Toxic Avenger. <laughs> uh, the Toxic Avenger is basically like a big green kind of guy, not quite as big as the Hulk, and not nearly as green. It's more like a puke, you know, green. Um, but he's kind of got a misshapen bald head. Um, kind of looks like Sloth from the Goonies a little bit if he was just green. Uh, uh, but he, he's not really like green in the movie though. He's kind of like. Uh, Brown, like flesh brownish green. green. Yeah. yeah, I think in the cartoons they did make him more green, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of just misshapen. Like his one of his eyes is kind of melting down lower than the other eye type thing. It's kind of like a Quasimodo looking in the face. A yeah, bit. like his eyes are off centered, and his face is like his skull is misshapen. He's like bubbled. His skin's bubbled up in places, and mm-hmm. not an attractive fellow. <laughs> he goes around in the uh, the burned up tutu that he was wearing at the time of the accident. <laughs> he never decides to get a new uniform. So I like that. That's I think that's a nice time. touch. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into why he's wearing the uh, pink tutu and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do enjoy that. I think that's pretty cool for a superhero to still be wearing that. Um, <laughs> all right, but the the main attraction here are the ladies in this film. There are three ladies, and the main lady is named Sarah, and oh, she's yeah. played by Andre, A N D R E E, Andre Miranda. And I guess uh, this is pretty much all she did, which is shocking to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean she was pretty great. Yeah, she's super attractive, and uh, I thought she did a good job. Uh. I think I, I saw that she made some albums maybe after this. So she really? made music. Yeah. Okay. But <laughs> I would have assumed she would have made more films, but no, because she did a good job here. So. Yeah, she had to play a blind person. That, that's, yeah. Take some chops. <laughs> take some chops and not blink. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, she's super cute. She does not get naked in this film, although she is in a bikini, uh, and it looks really nice, so that's good. Uh then we have two other ladies. These are bad ladies. Yeah. They, they're uh, the girlfriends of two jerks. Uh, the two <laughs> jerks are named Slug and Bozo. Bozo is like the main uh, asshole, and then Slug's kind of like his sidekick. Bozo, and, uh, I got to say, pretty fucking great. Like, I'm going to put him up for uh, best actor <laughs> in the Golden hey, Case of Diaz. Here's a little trivia for you. Guess who was supposed to play Bozo? Oh, oh. Vincent D'Onofrio. Wow. I can see that. He was actually cast to play Bozo. Right before production started, he asked for a little bit of a raise, and they fired him and put this guy in. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that would have been amazing, but it's hard to be better than this guy was. 
Yeah, this guy was He's pretty so good. So over the yeah. top in all the best ways. Um, they're like a couple meathead assholes. Um, just, uh, yeah, just jerks. They're murderers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. It's not even just, yeah, like, oh, they're bullies around the, uh, the, the gym there. No. They go out and murder people. Yes. They keep the clippings in their, uh, in their locker at the gym. <laughs> yes. They, uh, they run, it's like a death race 2000. They try to murder people with their car, you know, and they play, hey, you get so many points if you kill a kid or, you know, a minority, it seems. <laughs> Puerto Ricans are the most for some reason. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they just try to murder people. And then that, the girlfriends take Polaroids of the victims. And they keep them as trophies. So these are not good people. That's what I'm trying to say. These are horrible yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, you should not feel bad that, you know, they get what's coming to them in this movie. But uh Bozo's girlfriend is a lady named uh Julie. She's played by Cindy Mannion, and she's a foxy blonde who looks uh, very good in a bikini. And she gets topless. So good on should. you. With good quite the you. strong tan lines. Yeah, yeah. Very defined tan lines on Cindy <laughs> yeah. Mannion. And then uh, Wanda is the girlfriend of Slug, uh, and she is played by Jennifer Baptiste, and or Baptiste, I guess, uh, however you want to say. And uh, she's foxy, and she gets naked a couple times. Yeah. And it is glorious. And <laughs> But here's a, a weird thing, though, Jake. You know, she, her and Slug are a couple in the film. During the filming of this movie, they fell in love. They got married. Oh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> And they actually went out at night and, like, mowed down children and stuff like that? Because <laughs> I don't know how about you feel about this slug guy, but when I was looking at slug, I'm like, wow, he's kind of like a, a slightly jacked Corey Feldman with a unibrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He definitely looks like Corey Feldman for sure. Yeah, with a unibrow. But apparently, that's uh, that really did it for Jennifer Baptist, and she's like, all right, I'll marry you. So. Hey, it was the 80s. Everybody loved Corey Feldman, <laughs> even if it was the Kmart version of Corey Feldman. Uh, they did get divorced. Eventually. Aw. Yeah. Man. But, you know. It goes to show, love can never last. Because they <laughs> do have a sex scene in this film where she's topless on top of him, you know. And uh, do you think that's the moment they fell in love? <laughs> I mean, it would work for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also in this film, we have a uh, mayor, uh, played by a fellow named Pat Ryan, Mayor Peter Belguti. And uh, he's like a, a criminal. He, he's a big fat guy. <laughs> kind of looks like Sean Eckhart from the, uh, the Tanya Harding case. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except even heavier, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big old fat guy. And uh, is there anyone else we need to mention here? Uh, I don't think so. I think he had them all. I think that's about it. So, all right, Cenk, uh tell us how the Toxic Avenger begins. Uh, let's see. I think it starts off with kind of a, a montage of what's going on at the, this health club. Um, oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yep. So we kind of see Bozo and his guys working out and, uh, you know, his buddy Slug working out and their girlfriends and Melvin's in there mopping up. Um, and then see what happens. Yeah, let me, I watched this yesterday, um, so I'm a little – let me uh, catch up here. But yeah, basically, uh, they're just uh, showing you – setting the stage. Melvin works at a health club. He's the mop boy. And uh, 
Bozo and Slug, they, uh, you know, they're the meathead guys and their girlfriends, they kind of, the, uh, the big wheels there at the health club, and they hate the Mop Boy. They cannot yeah. stand the Mop Boy. That's they're the irrationally thing. obsessed with this Mop Boy. Yes. And Mel- <laughs> Melvin the Mop Boy, he's a uh, typical nerd, and uh, he wears his jeans in a very distinctive fashion. Did you notice that? I don't think I did. Like his one pant leg is, le- I believe it is his left leg. The cuff is uh, all the way up to like halfway up the knee. Like it's, uh, <laughs> it's folded up and yeah, it's weird. Like he's wearing flood pants, but just on the yes. one side. Just on one side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's a real nerdy, uh, anxious, nervous kind of fella. And uh, when he's mopping up around the uh, sluggo and them, they're in a hot tub, you know, because their girlfriends are hot. They're in bikinis. And they're like, yeah, we're enjoying the good life here in this jacuzzi. And he's mopping up around them. And his boss calls to him or something. He says, hey, Melvin. And he looks back and he accidentally puts the mop into the jacuzzi. And uh, uh, they go ape shit. They get very mad about this. <laughs> what, do you want her to get a disease or something? Yeah. Yeah, the girls are very upset about this. Um <laughs> So they're all upset at Melvin, and they're going to get get Melvin back. They're going to teach Melvin a lesson, so they're going to play a prank on Melvin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that happens, I, I, do we see him go home and uh, talk to his mom? I think we meet his mom at some point, right? Or uh, not yet, I don't think. Do we? Do, is this is this when we see the murder of the child? <laughs> um, I think. Not yet. We first we see uh we get Melvin walking in on Slug and his girlfriend in the in the locker room going. Oh at. yeah. <laughs> He's just kind of standing there giggling. Yeah, cuz Wanda's topless looking awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and she deep. pulls out a switchblade and she's like, "Get out of here, you pervert." Or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Very home alone. And but then yeah, I'm looking at the uh, Wikipedia summary here. And uh, yeah, his his tormentors m- murder a young boy on a bike. So uh, this happens uh, <laughs> before they play the prank. So yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Bozo Dry has this like white muscle car. I don't know. I don't know cars. Do you know what kind of car this was? No. If Tuffy was here, I'm sure he would know. Yeah, but... Tuffy would know, but I have no fucking <laughs> idea. I know it wasn't a Honda Civic. That's what I can say. With complete yeah. confidence. It was not a Honda Civic. <laughs> Uh, but, but they, uh, they do that thing when they say, all right, top points for all this, points for all that. And they say, how much for a kid? And, uh, I, I, that's what you say, like 20, 20 some points for the kid and the bike. You get them both, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they're under 12, you get double points. I know that much. <laughs> and, uh, there's a, there's a shot of the kid leaving his house and his sister says, don't forget to put your helmet on. And he puts his <laughs> helmet on. He's like, thank you, sis. And then she's smiling all happy. And then he drives off on his bike, his mind in his business. They pull up beside him, and uh, I, I think they're like, hey, kid, what are you doing out so late or something like that? And he's, like, scared, you know, whatever. So they go and hang a Yui, and then he did, Bozo just runs him down with his car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, but then the kid's still good. He's like, they're like, oh, you don't get full points because he's still alive. Yeah, he's crawling on his, hand, on his belly, though. Like, his legs yeah. are shot. He's crawling on his belly. So what does uh, – so Bozo and Slug, being the good guys that they are, they call an ambulance for him. They, no, no, what do they do, Jake? <laughs> well, they throw it in reverse and uh, back over his head. <laughs> yes. And you see it pop like a melon. Because <laughs> that's exactly what it was. It was a watermelon in a wig. Yeah. Uh, it sounds about right. 
yeah, but yeah, they just, it's, it's still disturbing when you watch it. Like a car yeah. just backs over this kid's head and crushes <laughs> his head. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? <laughs> but the girls love it. They're like taking pictures. They're getting hot. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, these, these are not good people. This, uh, Bozos, Lagawanda, and Julie. No. So now we get back to the health club, and they want to pull a little prank on Melvin because they want to get back at Melvin. So uh, mm-hmm. Julie, Bozo's girlfriend, the blonde, she uh, she goes up to Melvin and says, hey, and she's in a bikini here. And she's like, hey, Melvin, and she looks awesome in the bikini. She's like, hey, Melvin, uh, maybe you can help me with something, you know? And, and she he's like, yeah, well, what can I help you with? And, and uh, she just says, let's do it, right? Isn't that what she says? Like, let's just do it. Uh, pretty much. She's like, oh, you know, um, Bozo's, like, being a real jerk. I don't even think I want to go out with him anymore. Like, how about you put on this tutu and meet me in the pool room? Uh, everybody's gone home now, so then we're just going to go out there and do it. Yeah, because he's like, do what? And she's like, do it. Do it. Like, <laughs> and, yeah, but she says the color pink really turns her on. Like, yeah. she was wearing her pink. She had a little pink bikini on. And she's like, no, nah, I want you to wear pink. And she gives him this ballerina outfit with a tutu and everything. And uh, she says, I'll be waiting. And just to seal the deal, she drops her bikini top, too. You know? Yeah. Because he didn't yeah. want to. He's like, that's sissy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, all oh, right. You put on your pink. I'll take off my pink. And then she drops Oh, it. yeah, there you go. And, and she walks into the uh, the pool area there. And all the lights are off. And he puts on his little ballerina costume, and he's all happy going on. Uh, he's going to have this sweet, sweet love with uh, his Julie. And the lights are still off, and he's he's uh, he's kissing Julie. He's like, oh, you feel so soft, Julie. You're so soft. And uh, here the lights turn on, and what's happening, Jay? Uh, it's a goat. Uh, so it's with a, sheep. a wig on. Oh, it's okay. A sheep. <laughs> a sheep. Yeah. A sheep with a wig and uh, lipstick and <laughs> like a bra. Yeah. <laughs> on the sheep. Cross-dressing sheep, <laughs> and he was just kissing on the side of the sheep's head. And uh, there's a whole crowd of like basically everyone in the health club stayed around for this prank. Yeah, uh, and they're all just laughing at him. It's too bad there was no like uh you know bedding hanging from the ceiling that he could twirl around <laughs> in and get in. <laughs> Terror Train, the murder scene from Terror Train. Uh, also, a little trivia note about the sheep there. Uh, apparently, is infested with lice. But uh, they did not tell that Melvin guy, the actor, before they shot the scene. <laughs> so, <laughs> they shot the that scene. Poor guy. <laughs> Just having to look like that's bad enough. But then, <laughs> best of it. got lights. So everyone's laughing at him. He gets all sad, and they start chasing him throughout the health club. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Yeah, they're laughing." At him. He's like, "No, get away from me!" So they chase him through the health club, and he gets up on like the second floor of the health club. And he just jumps out the window, like right through the glass window. He's so desperate to get away from them. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't phase him at all. He shatters the glass. And uh, before this, we were seeing scenes of these uh, two guys driving a toxic waste truck. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, uh, let's, you got any good uh, more of that dope or whatever? Or uh, drugs? <laughs> I think it's whatever. coke, yeah. Yeah. They got it all up their faces. <laughs> Yeah, so they just, they had just parked the truck in front of the health club, and they were just snorting up a bunch of coke. And uh, he he jumps through the window. It lands head first into a a big open um, barrel of toxic waste. Mm-hmm. Because Very usually green. when you're yeah when you're transporting green bubbling toxic waste, you don't want to put a lid on it. <laughs> you want to just hey, lids are expensive. 
<laughs> you just put like a lid on the outside one so people think there's a lid. And then the middle ones, eh, who cares? <laughs> so he goes, he falls in that. And then everyone else comes out and they're still laughing at him. And they come out on the sidewalk there, they're laughing at him. But he crawls out of the, the, tax, the toxic waste and he's covered in it and he's like burning. He's like very yeah. hot. And His skin is burning off, and Bozo's like, if he can't take a joke, he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> but some co- a cop comes over to look at him, to check him, and he, he goes to touch him, and the cop's hands catch on fire ah. because uh, he's so hot. And mm-hmm. in real life, when they're filming the, the scene there, uh, a bit of the flame fell from the guy's hands and landed on Melvin and caught Melvin on fire. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> now he's got lice and third degree burns. Yes, this poor Melvin guy. This Torgle fellow. Uh, but he's Everything. happy that, like, that, you know, he can't transform back and forth between that form <laughs> and uh, Toxic Avenger because he doesn't want to come back to this series ever again. Uh, so, uh, but Melvin, though, the character, when he's on the ground there, he's so hot that eventually he does burst into flames, yeah. and he's just he's just running down the street, kind of like that old. Uh, who, who remember that video? Uh, uh, fuck. What was the name of that band? The dude's on fire. Um, oh. Oh shit. Um, and he's running to catch the bus. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. I do remember that. That was a good song. Uh, I want to say Wax was involved. Ooh. Is Wax like the name it was of the a band? band called Wax. They were like Maybe. a. Oh, it might be. Was it uh, California? Yeah. Uh, but there's a couple um, California uh, songs, aren't there? Uh, uh, California. Didn't, didn't Phantom Planet sing a California song too? And then, uh, yeah, that was more like 2005 ish. This was like 94 or 95. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Just looked it up. It is California by Wax. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did that song go? Like, go to, go to California. I'm gonna move to Southern no, California. California. Yeah. <laughs> That was a good song. I enjoyed that song. Yeah, me too. Now, Phantom Planet song was like, California. <laughs> California. A lot of piano. Yeah, this is the, this is the part of the show where I just sing songs from the 90s. <laughs> All right. Here we come. Yeah, yeah. Both good songs. I enjoyed yeah. both of those songs. Not too, not too shabby. All right, so he bursts into flames. and uh, But then, like, he, he runs to his house, right? And he, the flames are off. He's no longer in flames. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the ad break kind of cuts in there. But, yeah, it looks like he's just apparently put himself out somehow, and now he's in the bathroom having, like, a Teen Wolf transformation montage. Yeah, because the next thing we see, he, he put a uh, he's in the tub soaking in water, trying to cool down. And mm-hmm. his body is bubbling, and the skin is bubbling. And uh, he's, like, grunting and making all kind of noises. And his mom's outside the bathroom door, and she's like, Melvin, Melvin. And she hears all these noises. Oh, he's he's finally reached puberty. <laughs> That's the kind of humor you get in this movie. Just yeah. <laughs> so Melvin turns into the Toxic Avenger. Um, but what? Like I don't even remember what happens. Like his mom never sees him at first. Like he just jumps out the window or something. How does he get out? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Then we just kind of see him, uh, like a shot of him in the shadow, because it's getting to be nighttime. We see him at like the end of the streets, kind of against the moon. It's pretty cool. So the next thing I think is uh, there's a cop getting beat up by uh, some thugs. Yeah. 
So he's not, he's not on the take, so they're gonna they're gonna give it to him. Yeah. Now the the thugs. There's one guy named Cigarface. He's the main guy, and he mm-hmm. uh, smokes a cigar. And uh, I, I guess the directors here they came they created this character on the spot because this character didn't have a name, and they saw this actor during a break. He was lighting up a cigar. So they said, "Hey, you're gonna be cigar face." No. <laughs> so that's literally how it happened. <laughs> and magic was born. <laughs> I like cigar face. He's pretty great. Yeah. And uh, then there's a, there's a guy. Uh, I, I don't know, just a normal like guy. And then there's a guy who's like uh, a, a crossdresser. Yeah, he's got a full beard, but he's wearing like a blonde wig, and he's dressed like a lady. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like Louis Guzman a little bit. Yeah, he does a little bit. <laughs> but I, I like in this movie that all the villains are very unique and bizarre. <laughs> like the guys that in the uh, restaurant. The taco too, restaurant? Know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, none of them have like a, a theme with their gang. They're just all kind of doing their own crazy thing. <laughs> but they're all strange. Yeah. Kind of like a Dick Tracy situation. All these villains are very weird. It's very colorful. You gotta give it that. So they're about to kill this cop. Uh, they're gonna shoot him in the Charlie Browns. That's how they're gonna kill him. And, uh, but then, uh, Melvin comes in, you know, Toxic Avenger, and he just starts beating the hell out of everybody. And, <laughs> um, yeah, he, he like elbows the, uh, the big, the big white guy, like with, like he, he hits him in the back of his elbow type thing, and, uh, just knocks his nose into his face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> his nose is gone. And then the, the cross-dressing fella, he, like, knows karate and shit. And he's trying to yeah. do, like, kung fu kicks and everything. And uh, Melvin just swats him aside. Eventually, he gets the other thug and the cross-dressing guy, and he just bashes their heads together and crushes their heads. <laughs> yep. so, so they're dead. But Cigarface, <laughs> I thought Cigarface was dead because he's beating the holy hell out of Cigarface. And he, and he throws him head first into like a garbage can, and he's just wailing on his Charlie Browns. Just yeah, just ground he's got and pound. Punching style where he's just kind of pummeling constantly, just like this, like you're hitting a speed bag essentially, just clubbing him right in the balls. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. So I thought he's dead, and then he picked up the garbage can and just chucked it down the street. Uh, but no, Cigarface survived. He climbs out of the garbage can. He's holding his balls, and he's like, I'm going to get you. But he's real high-pitched talking, you know. I'm going to get <laughs> yeah. you. And uh, so that's pretty good. Yeah. That'll then, come back. Yeah, and then Melvin, he uh, he helps up the cop, and, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm not going. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to fight crime, too, you know, or whatever. And the cop's like, oh, thanks, uh, uh, cop. So that's yeah, like, he's not really out to fight crime. It's more just like a, some kind of instinct he has where he, like, has to murder people. <laughs> <laughs> Only evil people, though. Only yeah, evil people. Yeah, evil people. Yeah. Because later in the movie, he murders a small woman, <laughs> but, and he's yeah, not he sure why he did it. Yeah, but it turns out she was evil. <laughs> she was running a white slavery ring. Yeah, she was like running a PizzaGate <laughs> situation right in her basement, and then uh, he, he figured it out. So, right. yeah, it's like a spider sense, but yeah. the murder. Uh, so then, uh, Melvin, he, he tries to go home then eventually, is this, uh, and it, but, and it opens the door, he's like, hey, ma, it's me, Melvin, and she opens the door and sees him, and she just, we haven't seen his face yet, they don't show his face yet. Uh, everything is shot from the back, yeah. and in shadow, so, uh, when his mom opens the door, she sees his face, but we still don't see it, and she just screams, <laughs> and shuts the door, 
Yep. So if it's him, so he's got to go build himself a little house at the dump. <laughs> yeah, at the toxic waste dump. That's where you yeah. live. Uh, so, all right. Uh, I think is the taco thing next. Let's get to the taco restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the great, taco. This is just a great venue to have a, a, a you know, a, a, some kind of crime going on is a taco restaurant. It's not something you see very often, <laughs> but these, uh, these three criminals decide to break in and they're going to rob this taco restaurant. This, describe and, the criminals for us. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, there's one guy, he's kind of like, you know, one of those cool guys that Todd would get a reference from. He's kind of like, <laughs> uh, he's got like a leather jacket and shit. Yeah. And he knows like karate and shit too, you know, when they fight later. Yeah. He does a lot of rolling on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like a ninja. Yep. Uh, the main guy, he was like, uh, just kind of had a mustache and I forget what his gimmick was. Well, he has a gimmick I'll talk about later. He's a black fella too. And, uh, yeah. um, but he's like the boss. Yeah. And he has a hidden gimmick. We'll, we'll get to in a minute. And then, uh, the third guy though, talk about this third guy. <laughs> third guy's great. Uh, he kind of looks like Jack of Hearts from Marvel Comics. I've never read that. Oh, you've never seen, or you've ever seen Jack of Hearts? His comic? Yeah, I've seen him, uh, but yeah. I can't really say what he looks like. Yeah. It's kind of uh, like this. It's playing card themed uh, where he's kind of got like half of his face painted. I think it's black. And then uh, he's got this red kind of like diamond over his eyes. Um, and so, yeah, that's this guy's gimmick. He's kind of like a playing card guy. Yeah, his face fully painted. And, oh, the leader guy, he also has a, a white stripe painted across his nose with a black outline on it. So there must have been a sale on face paint. At a uh, Halloween store. <laughs> this scene, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so these guys are robbing this taco place, and Sarah, <laughs> the lovely blind girl, is in the taco place enjoying a taco with her with her dog, her seeing eye yeah. dog. Yeah. And these guys, they're they're not just there to rob; like they're starting to to murder children, like to shoot them. Uh, they're yeah. gonna rape these preteens. It seems like. Well, uh, they're gonna they're gonna rape the hell out of Sarah. Tell you that yeah. much right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, it start it starts out because that uh, the guy with the 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 painted face, like the Jack of Hearts guy, he has a shotgun, and he walks over to this mom and her baby, and he points the shotgun at the baby, like he's going <laughs> to yeah. shoot the baby. The actor who played that part actually quit the film because he didn't want to do that. Ooh. So that guy only filmed those scenes, and then when they, I guess that was added, he didn't want to do that, so he didn't do it. So. Oh, so they just got like a stunt guy to yeah back. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, putting a shotgun at a baby, and then uh, he's flirting around with these three, uh, like you said, teenager girls, and he's trying to kiss on them and shit. And then one guy stands up with his wife. His wife is pretty foxy too. And he stands up and he says, "Hey, why don't you just leave everybody? We'll give you our money. Why don't you just leave everybody alone? I tell you what, you can let everybody go. Just keep me as your hostage." And the the, the Jack of Hearts fellow, he says. He's like, you know what? That sounds like a good idea, but nah. And he just shoots him, kills him, <laughs> boom. Shoots him in the chest. Yep. Blasts him right through the, like, fencing they got back there. And uh, so then uh, the leader guy, he goes over to Sarah, and he's like, hey, look at this. She's pretty hot. And, uh, and they're like, hey, I think, uh, I think this bitch is blind. That's an exact quote. <laughs> I think this bitch is blind. Yep. And, and he, he pulls out and his he's knife, and he's, he's doing tricks in front of her face and shit. And he's like, yeah, she is blind. And uh, the dog starts to jump at him. So oh, the leader yeah. says, hey, why don't you take this dog for a walk? So what does he do, Jack? 
<laughs> uh, the Jack the Hearts guy gets his shotgun out again, and blam, just shoots the dog right across the room. The dog like goes sliding across the floor. It's like a massive hole in it. <laughs> yeah, he sh- and then he shoots him again too, just to make sure. But that dog was actually trained to do the sliding j- bit. Like that, the dog knew how to do that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> It's better than Lassie. That was a little trick that dog knew how to do, like run and slide. So uh, uh, I guess uh, Troma, the name of that film company, they they got the most letters ever because they shot that dog. <laughs> I was I was actually shocked. Impressive rape, but <laughs> yeah, like running over a kid's head, crushing it like a watermelon, pointing a shotgun at a baby, shooting another innocent guy in the chest. But then you shoot a dog twice. <laughs> I was alarmed. I was surprised by that. I was like, wow, I can't believe they did that. But, yeah. yeah. Trauma doesn't really care. They just do whatever, you know, they want to do. Yeah. So then the leader, he just, uh, he, he like grabs a Sarah and he's like, Hey, why don't you ask Ben about it or something? Right. And she says, uh, uh, Ben who? And he said, bend over. And he just throws her on the table. Yep. This is where I get my quote beginning of the, of the episode. I always wanted a cornhole blind bitch. <laughs> yeah. And then he just pulls her pants down, her underpants there, and he's about to go to town on her, and then the Toxic Avenger shows up. Yeah. He saves the day. And uh, he, he goes to the leader first. And mm-hmm. uh, rips his arm <laughs> right off. <laughs> he, he rips his arm off and starts beating yeah. him with it. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the hidden gimmick. The actor only had one arm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was that was a prosthetic that he ripped off. So, yeah, okay. so he was perfect for this part. You know what? I'm watching it now and I can kind of see that. Yeah, <laughs> like he's not moving that arm at all. So that's yeah, that exactly. Be- yeah. So, yeah, he only had the one arm. So, yeah, he rips off the arm and he's bleeding all over the place. And because, you know, in the movie, the guy has two arms, but the actor only one arm. But uh, so I, I, I would think that would kill a guy. Right. Just bleeding off. <laughs> Yeah, was, but but he doesn't actually die from that, right? Doesn't he throw him in the oven then later? <laughs> yeah, a lot of creativity in this scene. Uh, but then he uh, beats up the uh, he beats up both the other guys. Um, but t- tell him how he kills the Jack of Hearts guy with the shotgun. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Uh, he basically puts him over by the shake machine uh, and starts like drowning him with milk. Uh, and then pouring in a bunch of like Sunday toppings, whipped cream and, you know, ice cream and stuff like that. And, uh, then he takes the shake machine. It's got the little stirring stick and, uh, sticks it down the guy's mouth. <laughs> and it just starts stirring everything that's in his mouth, including, you know, the back of his throat and just like blood sh- shooting all over the place now. <laughs> How did he kill the other guy? I can't even remember. Uh, he bent like some bars around him so he couldn't move. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. His hands in the fryer. <laughs> yeah, he dipped the, they were frying the tacos in the big vat of oil and he just made him put his hands in there and I guess that killed him. Yeah, I guess that really wouldn't kill him. If getting your arm ripped off didn't, I don't know how burning your hands is going to kill him. But it seemed to kill him though, right? Yeah, that was, that was the end of him. <laughs> And then he stuffed the guy with the one arm in the oven, um, and the big pizza oven. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, that's everybody, right? But then he takes Sarah, and he helps Sarah up. And 
you know, she's distraught. Her dog just got shot and murdered. Yeah. But and, I can't uh, get home without the dogs. So you're going to have to walk me home now. Yeah, he's like, I'll walk you home. I'll walk you home. And, uh, and, and she's like, hey, can I touch your face? And he's like, no, 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 don't touch my face. I got a rash. I got a bunch of acne or something. Don't touch my face. And, uh, <laughs> acne, that's no big deal. Yeah. But she's like, ah, you know, whatever. Don't worry, Melvin. So she has no idea he's a monster, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but they, uh, they start going out, basically. Yeah. They're dating. <laughs> sure do. Cause she almost gets raped again. <laughs> Yeah, Tromaville, not the not the best place. <laughs> kind of like Gotham, just crime everywhere. Because he's walking on the street, broad daylight, middle of the day, downtown, walking from one shop to another, and these these thugs are, are hitting on her, you know, and they grab her, and they're like, hey, why don't we uh, have our way with you there? And, and she's like, hey, my boyfriend wanted like that. And he's like, oh, yeah, your boyfriend? And then uh, Melvin comes up, yeah, her boyfriend. And uh, he, like, beats them up too, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, uh, eventually, uh, they make the sweet, sweet love eventually. Yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> I guess the like, kid has cooled down enough now that he can touch people without, like, making them yeah, start a fire. So. Or otherwise, there's going to be a problem there. Uh, <laughs> and she actually touches his skull, his misshapen skull in his face, and she still says, you're beautiful, Melvin. And, uh, <laughs> and she kisses him, and he gets on top of her, and they make the sweet, sweet love. Yeah. And they're just both sitting there smoking a cigarette afterwards. Get on you, Melvin. <laughs> so then he uh, he moves her into his uh, little shack in the toxic waste. Yeah. Is that safe for her to be living in a toxic waste dump? I mean, I don't Probably know. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, that may have been what caused her blindness in the first place. She may have you never know. Situation. <laughs> but uh, she also has a lot of canes. She has mm-hmm. a lot of canes. <laughs> she has. Well, I guess that, that's fitting because he has a lot of mops. So yeah. <laughs> he basically leaves oh. one every every person he kills. Yeah, that's his other gimmick. Every time he kills somebody, he, he shoves a mop in her face, like, <laughs> rings it around. Yeah. Um, yeah, she has dozens and dozens and dozens of blind canes there. I, uh, I mean, Daredevil has to have a lot, you know, but she has more than Daredevil, I think. And, <laughs> Uh, My favorite bit from uh, when when he moved her into his place was uh, he hangs up a picture of yeah. her eye dog. I know. Because <laughs> yeah. he's dead. You know, it's kind of like that Fallen Angels comic book. We had Dawn. They had that picture of Dawn. Yeah. And, uh, but you got to put him up there uh, in the morning. I, but what I liked, if you noticed in the picture, though, the dog was wearing glasses. <laughs> like, like the dog looked blind because he was wearing dark glasses. <laughs> but. He's just really uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, so at least the dog is remembered. But yeah, they're a happy couple living in a toxic waste dump together. How about yeah. that? That's pretty sweet. Working out. Um, but now uh, he he starts to get revenge on those uh, bozo and slug and their two girlfriends. You know. Yeah. After he kills that random guy who I guess was bad at the gym, uh, the mustache guy in the gym. Yeah, he was a drug dealer. Weight machine. Yeah. He was a drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. The guy he he throws him on the weight machine like uh, pull downs, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and he shoves his head underneath the the weights and drops the weights and it crushes the skull again. Another melon getting squashed. <laughs> yeah, and that's when Marissa Tomei comes out going ah and screaming, and that's Marissa Tomei. It's a good effect because then like they show the bottom half of his head just kind of going like back and forth, like wobbling and shit. Pretty good. 
<clears throat> so uh, I think the first one he gets revenge on is uh, my favorite, uh, Wanda, right? Because she's in the sauna, and it, she's actually enjoying herself in the sauna. <laughs> she's, I mean, I would, too, if I looked like her. <laughs> Enjoy every yeah. inch of that. She is enjoying herself. And uh, she thinks her boyfriend's coming in because he played a little joke on her earlier when he came in uh, with a uh, like a uh, blanket over his head or whatever. But no, it's a Toxic Avenger. And he grabs her and he sits her uh, her bare bum on the uh, the hot rocks in the sauna. Yeah. And she's burning her bum. And he says, hey, that'll cool you down, hot ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good pun. <laughs> now, uh, that's the last we see of her, though. You know, we never see her again. Yeah. And I guess uh, there was a scene that they deleted from the film where she's not dead. I guess she uh, oh, just yeah. her her ass got burned very badly. So there is there was a scene at the end where her and the other girl are at the police uh, police station, and uh, she, her her ass is wrapped in bandages, and. Uh, <laughs> The other girl is bald because I don't even remember what happened to the other girl. He's chasing the blonde all through the health club. And did he rip her hair out or something or what did he do to her? Oh, you know what? He he was going at her with scissors and then it cuts away. Yeah. So we never actually see it there. So I guess like, they, why, I would, I am why would they them, cut that guess, scene? Like, cause yeah. why would you should show that scene, you know, of them. But anyway, hmm. yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's not like the movie is too long or anything. It's an hour and 22. You could throw another 30 seconds of them, uh, mm-hmm. tie that up. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, he gets revenge on the two girls. And then, uh, he starts chasing Slug and, uh, Bozo. Oh, cause Slug and Bozo, they want to go for a ride. So they just beat the fuck out of an old lady. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. And then they steal her car. <laughs> yeah, she thinks they're helping <laughs> him with her groceries. She's like, oh, you boys are so nice. And then <laughs> Bozo punches her in the belly. And then uh, Slug gets her cane and just starts whacking her with a cane. Beats the hell out of her. <laughs> so they yep. steal her car. I totally forgot the the implications of this, that they stole her car, because now uh, Toxic Avenger, <laughs> he basically blows up that old lady's car. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's going to be casualties. <laughs> it's a rough Better day for be- that old lady. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yep. This whole scene, like, he didn't really seem to care that, you know, they may run over a bunch of children at the park. <laughs> as long as he got Bozo, that's really all he cared about. Yeah, because they're going to run down two kids playing in the middle of the street. They're, like, sitting in the middle of the street, like, color. Yeah, he saved those kids a bunch of times. Yeah. So Toxic Avenger saves them. And, oh, by the way, they never call him Toxic Avenger throughout this movie. Like, I think maybe the narrator mentions it maybe once. But no one in the movie, they're, they're, in the movie, he's always referred to as the monster. Yeah, the monster hero. Yeah, because, like, the little kids, they have T-shirts that say, we love the monster and shit. Like, he's becoming a cult hero, this vigilante monster. You know? So they uh, they try to run down the uh, Toxic Avenger uh, with their car, but he uh, he's, like, does some ninja shit. He just jumps on, on top of the roof, and uh, he's hanging there. And he just reaches in and, like, grabs Slug and, like, throws him out, or how does he kill him? Yeah. Just throw yeah, yeah throws him out. Yeah, I think he pulls him out the door and just kind of leaves him there. So I guess he's probably not dead either. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think they're going fast enough for that to really kill him. So he he throws him away, and then uh, he gets uh, in the car with uh, uh, Bozo, and 
that doesn't uh, Bozo say, give me the wheel or something? Because they're both fighting over it and they're not. And, and he says, oh, you want the wheel? And he rips off the steering wheel and hands it to him. <laughs> yep. Here you go. <laughs> and then he kind of bails out the door while, uh, you know. No, Bozo. he doesn't. Bail, he doesn't bail out the door. He doesn't? No. They go over the cliff. The car explodes, bursts into flames. So I'm like, wait a minute. What the hell? And once the fire goes down, he climbs out of the car. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because I, I was confused by that as well. I'm like, shouldn't so he's dead now? But no, he just climbs out of the car. Uh, the other guy's dead, but Toxic Avenger's fine, and uh, he goes walking back. And I think before this, uh, or no, was it after this? When does he murder the little lady? Uh, I think it's right after this. Yeah, it's like his victory lap. After yeah, that's that's weird. Up. Yeah, that sequence Very. of events is weird because you think this would have been the end, him killing these people, you know? Yeah, that's. The end of this movie did kind of drag on a little bit. That was the weakest part for me. Yeah, so so this very short lady shows up at the dry cleaners, and she says, my uh, son and I went out to a date there with his girlfriend. He came back, and he's got stains all over his jeans. I don't know what these could be. <laughs> Can you get them out? Like, uh, yeah, I wonder what they could be, all right. <laughs> and then the dry cleaner it looks out and like a cop is writing his car a ticket or something. So he goes out to argue with the cop. Toxic Avenger comes in and he just grabs this little lady and like sh- like puts her in one of the steam presses and just kills her. Well, first he puts her in the dryer, I think. So oh, that's right. A couple times and just <laughs> and then he takes her on out and puts her in the press and yeah, just presses her. <laughs> yeah, so it's like why did he just kill this innocent lady? But then later we learn that she wasn't an innocent lady. Yeah. Apparently the cops knew that she was a white slaver, but they're keeping it under wraps because they're all crooked. So they want to take out the toxin here, and this is their excuse now. that Oh, he took out an innocent person. Now we can go go after him. Now we can get him. So, uh, but Toxic Avenger, he's not even sure why he killed that old lady, though. Like you said, I guess he has spider sense, tells him when people are bad. So he goes home to uh, Sarah there at their little hut in the toxic waste dump, and he's like, Sarah, you should probably go away from me. Because I can't control myself, I might murder you, or I'm that monster you're reading about in the papers. I know you can't see it, but I'm the monster. She's like, no, Melvin, you're a nice guy. Don't worry about it. She's like, what we got to do is go someplace where there aren't a lot of people. Let's go camping. <laughs> kind of like enemy gold. They go camping. Yeah. And, they don't uh, go like, far into the woods or something. It's no. just like, <laughs> right off it's the like, highway. <laughs> yeah, it's like 20 <laughs> yards that way. Let's yeah. go there. In camp. And they set up his... That's a pretty nice tent they have, though. It's like a big tent. Yeah. yeah they look like an igloo. They're living in at the dump, pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, then uh, there's this manhunt out for the monster, so all the cops are looking for him. And then these two cop guys, they see uh, her in a bikini, and they're like, holy shit, look at this. And, uh, and they go, oh, wait, there's the monster. And uh, so they call the cops, and the cops surround the tent, and they're going to kill uh, Toxic Avenger there. But then all the other people from town show up who love the Toxic Avenger. And like, no, no, his mom shows up, you know, and she's like, if you're going to shoot my boy, you got to shoot me first. And then all the other fan, all the other fans of his come in, the other cop that he saved, everybody, they get in to block the way, you know, kids. Yeah, the kids. And uh, but then the Toxic Avenger, doesn't he tell them all to go away? It's OK. Like, go get out of the way. Or... Yeah, I think so. Because then the bad sheriff guy, he he shoots Toxic Avenger like two or three times. Yeah, I think it was the mayor. The mayor actually. Oh yeah, the mayor. The mayor. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the big fat mayor guy, and and he shoots him. But Toxic Avenger doesn't bother him at all. 
and he just walks right up to him and he and he says, "Let's see if you got any guts." Punches right in his belly, his big fat belly, and yanks out his guts. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how that works because really the, the mayor didn't do anything wrong that you know the public would, was able to see. So well, he did shoot an unarmed man three times. So. Well, yeah, but I mean, this guy was a wanted fugitive essentially. Yeah. But, yeah. but no, but everyone there loved the Toxic Avenger. They all hate that man, you know. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but I thought yeah he was going to have to uh, suffer some legal repercussions for murdering the mayor. But now he just looks at the other cop there and he says, "I hey, officer, whatever your name is, take out the trash or something like that, right? <laughs> take out the trash." So yeah. <laughs> so then he just turns around and uh, uh, he and Sarah go back to their little uh, tent. And they make the sweet sweet love, I can assume, right? They just uh, start plowing each other. <laughs> I hope the mom left for that part. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's it, right? That's how it ends. Yeah, I think we skipped the part where uh, where Cigar Face makes his triumphant return. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, him and like five of his buddies, they surround uh, the Toxic Avenger in like an alleyway, and uh, he's got like bandages all over his face now, <laughs> but like very loose bandages. So it's like I don't know what those are doing. Yeah, <laughs> but he's still smoking a cigar because he's yep. Cigar Face, <laughs> and he's like. All right, we're going to give you six new assholes because they all got guns trained on them. Yeah, but what happens? But Toxic Avenger just kind of jumps up and uh, goes to a balcony, and they all shoot each other. Yeah. <laughs> they all shoot each other. Yep. So Cigar Face is dead. That's a shit. That's a shame. Could have been a recurring, like, the Turk of this show. Yeah, Turk. That's a Daredevil <laughs> reference. Yeah, that's a good segue because Turk was in that Marvel role playing game as well. But uh, oh, look at that! Yeah, <laughs> he was one of the characters. All right, but anyway, uh, so Toxic Avenger, I really enjoyed this. It uh, again, it's unique. It, it definitely has its own feel to it. Um, there are some. Gr- oh, there's also a death. He murdered. Uh, I think one of the first guys when he saved the cop. Uh, doesn't he like the not the cross dressing guy, but the other guy? Doesn't he poke him in the eyes? And smash both his eyeballs. Yeah, the process guy definitely got yeah poked in the eyes. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting death scenes in this movie. Yeah. Attractive ladies in bikinis, and some without the tops. Uh, <laughs> so there's a lot to like about this. I like the Toxic Avenger character. I like his look. I like that he still wears that ballerina outfit, even though it's all singed and everything and burned up and everything. Um, I like I, the mop. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yep. The mop. Good weapon, unique. Sarah's a great girlfriend. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, like on a bad movie scale, this is everything you want, right? I mean, this is what we're looking for. When I we say so, these. yeah. Very creative, like, deaths and stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> interesting violence, so that's good. Yeah, there's definitely some things that could move some scenes around that do things a little bit different. They could have had that scene at the end there with the two girls so we know they're not dead. Um, so I'll give it a nine out of 10 though. This is, this is very good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, two nines. Like, like even if this is a rated on a normal movie scale, I'd still probably give it a six. Yeah. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Cause I like it's it. enjoyable. Yeah. So there you go. And from what I haven't watched all of the second one yet, but from what I saw, it's pretty good. <laughs> well, I was promised Asian women. That's what yes. I was promised about. <laughs> 
Just go to Japan, and there are a lot of topless Asian ladies. That's what Jank <laughs> Jank was trying to sell me on Toxic Avenger too, and he just said, "Hey, there's a there's some naked Asian ladies." Oh, yeah, all right, all right. That's all right. There's also an epic scene at the beginning that's pretty great. So there's there's a lot of good stuff there. We'll all right, someday it. I'm sure we'll get to Toxic Avenger too. Uh, <laughs> but again, it's on Tubi. I would recommend everyone go and watch Toxic Avenger. Yeah. All right. Uh, all so now, oh, go ahead, Jank. Though. I think all four of the movies are on there currently. Oh, so. yeah. All right. Is there anything else? Uh, did you watch anything else this week before we get into the um, superhero stuff? Uh, I did. Since uh, it's been a couple of weeks, I watched a lot of things. I think I've got like nine things to <laughs> watch. Wow. Holy fuck. <laughs> we may not need the superhero stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'll try to go fairly quickly through these. Um, so first off, I watched a movie. I think it's on... Paramount Plus now, maybe one of those, but it came out this year, not too long ago, and people were saying, oh, oh yeah, it's a good horror movie. Like, it was surprisingly good. That's what I kept hearing. Uh, it's called Smile. Smile. I see commercials for this. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> who's the lady in it? Because I like that lady. That's my type of lady, the little brunette there. What's her name? Uh, wow. I, I, that's one of the things that really let me down about this movie <laughs> was the lady. Because <laughs> there's like the one lady who's like the student that she kind of, she kind of is you know, given therapy to at the beginning, like that girl's all right. But like the main character girl, not so much. She's got like this weird mole on the side of her face. Oh, well, I didn't do studies. I just saw the commercial. So I don't know. We were talking about the lady with the actual smile and the poster and stuff like that. But yeah. No, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. um, no. There are two ladies here. Uh, Sosie Bacon, Caitlin, Stacy. Yeah, neither one are doing it for me, and I'm looking at their pictures, so maybe I was intrigued by the uh, the commercial too much. But yeah, apparently she sees people smiling all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's basically just a rip off of the ring, <laughs> uh, in in a lot of ways. And it's not like you can't be a uh, you know similar to another movie and still be good. You you definitely can. Uh, I just did not think this one was at all. <laughs> um, basically, like she is a therapist. Working like a hospital, you know, doing it for the love of the of the game, basically, not for money. Um, and she gets assigned to this one girl, like who's like a college student, that seems to have everything going for her, but now all of a sudden she's just like acting super crazy. And this girl's like, you know, it's because I keep seeing this thing pop up. It's always smiling at me and shit. And now I'm gonna die. It told me I have seven days, which is just like the ring, essentially. <laughs> You're gonna die in seven days. Um, and so, like, she sees this girl, like, the girl somehow gets a hold of, like, a piece of glass or something and, you know, cuts her throat, you know, from end to end. And this girl's just, like, the therapist lady's just freaked out and doesn't even attempt to stop her at all, <laughs> which doesn't seem like a good idea. But she's got the creepy smile on her face while she's doing this, and so she just cuts her own throat. And basically, that's how this thing spreads, I guess, is you see someone kill themselves with this creepy smile. And then it passes to you. Hmm. All right. Uh, I was yeah. uh, laughing a little bit at the beginning because I'm looking at the Google. I Googled up Smile Movie. And one of the questions, there's always like these questions, you know, and uh, listed on Google. And one of them is, uh, is Smile a true story? Really? Do you have to ask that question? <laughs> I don't think. But I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. Okay about the same film or maybe something <laughs> different. I don't know. 
People are a weird, weird bunch. <laughs> uh, on IMDb, it gets 6.7%. Or no, it's 6.7, not a percent that they're on the <laughs> Um, what's its Rotten yeah. Tomatoes? 79 Rotten Tomatoes. So that certified fresh. <laughs> that is far, far too high because yeah, this movie, again, it's, it's ripping off the ring, but not as cool and not as fun. And it's just like this lady's life going down the toilet the whole time. And it's not like you were ever that invested in her in the first place. So it's like, I don't really care about any of this. <laughs> Um, there's like a cool looking creature at the very end, but that you see for like, you know, 20 seconds, but, uh, that's not enough to, to make this entertaining. <laughs> All right. So uh, I really else you watch? not recommend smile. Um, next up, I watched an old movie blowout. That this I is John Travolta. Seen. Yeah. Yeah. This is, okay. I, I watched this many years ago, uh, over 20 years ago. Uh, but it's, it's kind of a famous film. Where, uh, John Travolta's a photographer, right? And he, and he thinks he gets a no, picture. He's a, uh, like a fully sound guy for movies. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. He's out in the park, like trying to get sounds, you know, like from nature and stuff like that. And, uh, he sees a car, you know, careen over the, uh, over the bridge and kind of end up in this pond in the, at the park. Uh, and he heard some kind of a noise that, you know, could be a, people are saying it's a blowout, but he's like, no, it was a gunshot. <laughs> Because he caught it all on tape. Yeah. And there's a woman in the car, and he rescued the woman. But it turns out that the driver, or the other person in the car that they couldn't get to, was the guy who was running for president and looked like a shoe in to to win, essentially. Yeah, this was directed by Brian De Palma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, and, it turns into a whole conspiracy thing, which I'm. Yeah. And the that. reason I confused it with him being a photographer is because it's based on a 1966 film called Blow Up, where the guy is a photographer. Oh, okay. And I think I saw that one. But um, this one is based on that, but now he's a sound guy. All right. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So the 66 one is, is good. You know, I enjoyed that. Um, but did you like this one? I don't know if I saw this now or not because all my memories are about the photographer. So maybe I did not see this version. Yeah, John uh, Lithgow is the is the bad guy. Maybe, does that ring any bells? No. Okay. Yeah, it turns out he was the one who you know actually committed the uh, the hit there, and uh, now he's got to clean up the loose ends. So he's going after the hooker that that John Travolta pulled out of the car. And he's got to make it, you know, look like it's not anything suspicious. So he's just going around murdering a bunch of hookers, and he's gonna, you know, <laughs> yeah, hey. like, like it was a serial killer type thing. <laughs> you got to do it, you know. <laughs> uh, it was pretty good. The ending lost me a little bit, where like John Travolta's kind of just driving through town, and there's a big parade, and he's just driving like a madman, and like he just drives into a building and just kind of gets out of the car. He's like, it, they're loading him into a into a ambulance. And all of a sudden, he just wakes up and runs away, and nobody even tries to stop him or anything. It's like, what the <laughs> hell is going on here? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember any of that. So, yeah, I don't think I saw that film. Yeah, yeah but it's interesting. Uh, it starts out with, like, a whole, uh, like, John Travolta's watching this horror movie that somebody is having him do the sound for. And uh, it's like, you know, your typical horror movie thing where you see the killer stalking these girls in a sorority house. 
And uh, you hear the one scream as she's in the shower and the killer's coming to get her. And she does this terrible scream. <laughs> and they're like, you got to fix this somehow. So it all kind of comes full circle when the uh, the girl that he pulled out of the car and was kind of falling in love with uh, ends up getting murdered. And then he caught it all on tape. She was wearing a wire. And he puts that scream into the movie. And you can tell it's just, like, traumatizing him. Like, he's like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's pretty good. I liked it. So Blowout with John Travolta. Yeah. would recommend that one. Uh, next up, I watched Nope. I'm the nope. Cops. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my buddy uh, John Fortunato was saying he watched this recently. Um, this is uh, 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 Key or Peel. Which one does the movie? Uh, Peel. George <laughs> Peel. Yeah. I always confuse the two of them. I never watch their show. I don't know which is which. <laughs> Someday. Uh, Peel. <laughs> Uh, he, he, uh, did the, uh, uh, get out, get out. It was the other one that wasn't very good. Um, were they underground and shit? Them yeah. or, or them? Uh, was it us. That? Us. <laughs> I knew it was a problem. <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, uh, so, this one's about space monkeys though, right? Uh, kind of, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's it's about actual monkeys for sure in a way, um, that's probably the best part of the movie. Is there a, is there an actual plot with a monkey? In Sold. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. <laughs> and unfortunately, like I found that way more interesting than what was actually going on with the aliens. Because basically, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who played Glenn on The Walking Dead. Uh, he he was like a, a young child actor, and he was on a show with a monkey. And uh, they were filming. Now, like, this what first- kind of monkey are we talking? Chimp. Reese's? Yeah, chimp. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, chimp's the way to go. All right. Yeah, you'd think that, wouldn't you? But <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, technically, uh, this is a plot point in my book that I'm writing now about a talking chimp. But a chimp is not a monkey, technically. Oh. Yeah, right. a chimp is a chimp. Fair enough. You know? yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> because in the book, people call him a monkey, and he gets, you know, no, I'm a chimp. I'm a chimp. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so he's on this show. He was like a kid, and uh, they were doing this birthday episode for the chimp. And uh, for some reason, the chimp just goes fucking nuts and starts murdering the entire cast. Whoa, it's a it's a, a shockma situation. Yeah, <laughs> could he open? I bet a chimp could open the, the wrong door. Thing and, yeah, I bet a chimp could open the door. <laughs> you know, because chimps are smarter than monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> they have larger brains. Yeah. Yep, yep. More dexterous uh, fingers, I guess. Yeah. Better control over doors. Uh, but yeah, the, the, this kid kind of hides under the table and he survives. And I guess the, the teenage daughter, the girl playing the teenage daughter, she also survives, but like, they show her later on, like, sitting in the stands with like a, you know, a, a covering over her face. So it's clear that, you know, she did not come away unscathed. Oh, no. Yeah, she basically the got her ripped face. off her face. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. So, but he's he's been kind of fascinated by this whole event, I guess, his entire life now. And uh, so that he's kind of like a side character, but that stuff was all very interesting. Um, the other characters and their search for, you know, what's going on out here with this weird alien-like phenomenon, eh, not not as in, not as interesting. <laughs> How does the monkey stuff play into the alien stuff? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like, seems like a problem. 
<laughs> I really don't know. I guess the overall theme, because these other people that are looking into the space monkey thing, like they are horse trainers for Hollywood like pictures. Um, okay. Like, yeah, so I guess it all has to do with, with show animals and looking them in the eye, and somehow that has to do with what's going on with this space entity, because I guess it's not really a UFO, it's more like a you know, a, a living entity that's living in the, in the cloud. Yeah, it sounds terrible. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't exactly know what you're trying to say here, and, and I'm not really enjoying the journey all that much. <laughs> it, gets, it gets 82% on Rotten Tomatoes and uh, 77 on Metacritic, 6.9 on IMDb, so people love it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like people are just like, I got to love this. Because I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a question I have. Whatever happened to that monkey? The chimp. Yeah. Oh, they shoot the chimp. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not watching this. Blackman <laughs> comes in and they're like, yep, put him down. <laughs> uh, I was hoping he got away free and is still murdering people to this day. <laughs> that would have been a great movie. See, they really missed out on an opportunity here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forget all the space, the living entities in the clouds or whatever. Just focus on that monkey. And uh, <laughs> what are his goals? What are his hopes and dreams? <laughs> Just he—he's still trying to hunt down this kid all these years later because he wants to finish the job. <laughs> he's like sitting outside the kid's house now, just smoking a cigarette, watching, yeah, that's right. <laughs> waiting for his moment to strike. <laughs> that's a movie. Oh, hey, hey, Johnny, you want to go outside near that monkey? Nope. That's uh, that's where you get the movie. <laughs> I don't want to go near that monkey. <laughs> All right. Next. Uh, next, for some reason, I watched the first season of White Lotus. On, uh, Ooh, hey, now, I can tell you why. Alexandra Daddario. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why you watched the first it, season right? of Lotus. Yeah. yeah. Again, I've never seen this show. But in my scholarly research, I have seen clips of this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, between her and Sydney Sweeney, like, all right. Oh, good it's lord. Too bad, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it also was not very good, though. <laughs> From I what mean, I understand, uh, like, somehow she gets uh, roped into being in a brothel or something? No, not even close. You okay. Some other show. <laughs> Uh, it's basically just a show about a bunch of people going to like a Hawaiian resort, uh, for vacation. Okay. And, um, it, there's a couple different groups. Like there's a, you know, a couple and their kids and there's Alexandra Daddario and her husband there on their honeymoon. So they just got married. Uh, but it doesn't look like it's going well. And then there's Jennifer Coolidge just playing some crazy rich lady. Uh, that doesn't sound like her. <laughs> yeah. No, she does in every movie. Yeah. <laughs> Drunk and crazy. <laughs> She's kind of, you know, dumb and airheaded. Yep. Yeah. Same thing she always does. Um, so it's kind of following these different groups. And I guess it's like a, you know, a satire, but not in a way that's actually funny. <laughs> Just a way that's like, oh, yeah, yep, those are people. All right. Cool. Because <laughs> nothing really happens on this show till the very end. They kind of tease it at the beginning of the episode where, uh, the one guy's going home and he's talking to these people at the airport who doesn't really want to be talking to. And they're like, Oh, the white Lotus didn't, didn't somebody die there. And he's like, yeah, the body's on the plane coming back with us now. Um, so they kind of set up, Oh, somebody dies. Like, 
And so there's a little bit of a, oh, who's it going to be? But even that wasn't that entertaining when it all comes down to huh. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I get the impression when what I know this, that she has sex with a bunch of dudes and she doesn't, she's not happy about it. No. <laughs> no, she has sex with her husband that she's probably not happy about because it looks like they were going to break up, but then she ends up going back with him. So maybe I'm confusing. Oh. With, isn't there uh where she has a guy on top of her and she is not happy about it at all? She's like looking to the side or something. She's like, eh. Yeah. I mean, that sounds about right. Like, yeah, she was kind of doing that, but that, that's her husband. Yeah, that was her husband. That was the only guy. Describe the husband for me. Uh, I know I've seen him in things, um, but I couldn't tell you what. He's a, uh, you know, kind of rich, douchey looking guy. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing it confusing with something else. Yeah. yeah. All right. I got to do more Daddario research tonight, I guess. Turn this on. Yeah, tell me what that is, because that sounds like a better show. So White Lotus, you're not, you didn't enjoy it? I wasn't a big fan. Like, so little happened in these episodes. I was just like, oh, oh, that's the end of the episode, huh? And and nothing happened. They ate some dinner. All right, cool. <laughs> <They> <laughs> I mean, things, things pick up slightly at the end, but not really. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a little too... Uh, it's nice to have a chill show, but that's a little too chill for me. Um, <laughs> it's art. Don't you appreciate yeah. art? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, yeah. Like I said, it's satire, but it's not particularly funny satire. It's just, yeah, these are rich people. <clears throat> All right. Uh, what else <laughs> uh, did you watch? Um, so I watched The Big Chill. I never no, Really? The Big Chill from, yeah. like, the 1980s? Mm-hmm. 1981, I think, if somewhere around there. Yeah, this is a bunch of like 30 something, uh, 40 something people who, uh, one of their friends dies, right? Yeah. And they yeah, all get together to kind of like, they're, they're coming into grips with their own mortality and their lives. And, uh, Jeff Goldblum, right? Wasn't he in it? Yep. Yep. He was great. Who else was in it? Cause it's, this was very famous. Kevin Klein, right? Kevin Klein, William Hurt, um, yeah. Glenn Close. Yeah, uh, Glenn Joe Close. That's who I was trying to think of Glenn Close. Yeah, this movie was very famous when I was a little kid. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a big deal, yeah. Yeah, you still hear people talk about it, but I'd, I'd just never seen it. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll finally check this out. That's kind of one of the many, many, many holes in my movie knowledge is kind of just 80s dramas. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. I mean, I obviously know a lot about it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like, it, does Kevin Klein play an actor or something? No. Does any of them play an actor? Yes. Uh, what's his name? Okay. Um, Tom. That's uh, like Beringer. Yes, Beringer. Right. Right. Yeah, I probably did see this because I know a lot but, about it. Yeah, he's playing like a Magnum <laughs> PI type guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a mustache. Or TJ Hooker, I guess, is even more because, like, uh, I think his name's like JT something, JT Pointer or something like that. So it seems like very TJ Hookerish. Um, All right. Yeah, it was good. Uh, they're all like college friends who are getting together for the first time in a long time because, you know, life just kind of took some weird directions. Um, some of it gets, it gets kind of weird towards the end, uh, where like the one lady wants to have a baby and she's just like, I gotta get knocked up and I don't really even care who it is. 
So eventually, like, Glenn Close is just like, yeah, you can have sex with my husband. Yeah, yeah. she lets her husband. That's right. That's the famous thing, her husband. Now, her husband is Kevin Klein, right? Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the famous thing, that she let her husband sleep with her friend to get her pre- – yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an interesting relationship. Hey, uh, you know what I was thinking of with the Dario? Apparently, the thing I was thinking of was not White Lotus. It's called Lost Girls in Love Hotels. So there, right from the title. <laughs> oh, that's it. I'm putting it on my list. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the short, brief clips I saw, she was not enjoying having the sex, and it seemed like she got roped <laughs> into being in a brothel. Yes, she spends her – I'm reading the description of Wikipedia. She spends her nights getting drunk with fellow expatriates, because this is in Tokyo, uh, and seeks out submissive sexual encounters with random men in the city's numerous love hotels. This sounds awesome. So yeah, yeah. I'm not watching that right now. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> quite the title: "Lost Girls in Love Hotels." <laughs> wow, yeah, that's much better than White Lotus. That doesn't even tell you what you're getting. See, I can. I, I didn't I know this pictures. was a thing. I, I just always assumed those clips came from White Lotus because that, you know, <laughs> seemed like something that would come from White Lotus. Yeah. Um, this film gets a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Hmm. Well, I mean, if she gets naked, it's worth it. <laughs> uh, did you enjoy the big chill? Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Pretty yeah. solid. Yeah, I don't know when I would have. I had to have seen this in my twenties at some point. So that's a good time to see it. Yeah, I saw a bunch. Of, like before I got into literature, I was real probably late teens, early twenties. I saw. I just was way into movies, you know. So I watched all the old movies I could. And uh, so I'm kind of yeah. trying to do it now is get caught up on some of those ones that I just didn't see. Yeah, like sure, I've never seen like all these famous movies from like yeah Terminator and shit like that. But I mean classics, I've seen. I've seen every fucking classic you can think of. Um, see, that's what. Those are my bread and butter. That's the ones I have seen, yeah. like RoboCops and Terminator. Yeah, and see, I haven't seen any of those things. If they're like mainstream <laughs> Hollywood deals, uh, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, hey, I hear Avatar 2 is coming out. Yeah, I don't think anyone cares anymore. Yeah, I never saw Avatar 1. Except uh, Japan. I'm sure they, they still care. Um. All right, uh, what else did you watch? Uh, let's see. Next up, I got Pearl. Pearl. Yeah. Uh, earlier this year, I had watched a movie called X, uh, this horror movie by this guy, Ty West. And uh, this is the prequel to that movie that came out this very same year. <laughs> so I guess they filmed them concurrently. Um, I, I guess they were kind of COVID movies, so they kept some of the same cast and stuff like that. Um, and seeing people behind the camera so they could kind of probably cheaper, I guess, to just shoot them back to back, which is a big move considering, you know, what if the first one just sucked and <laughs> nobody came to see it? So Pearl, but. reading the description, trapped on an isolated farm, Pearl must tend to her ailing father under the watch of her mother. Lusting for the glamorous life she's seen in the movies, Pearl's temptations and repressions collide. This sounds weird. It's very weird. Uh, it, it's in the first movie in X, these people are going to like essentially an Airbnb, but except it was the seventies. So they didn't really have that, but it's essentially like that. They're staying at this old couple's uh, farm and they're going to shoot a porno there. 
<laughs> and uh, eventually things go bad, and the old woman uh, ends up killing most of them, uh, except the one girl, Mia Goth, who it's weird because she's like the sole survivor of that first movie, um, who got like talked into doing porn, um, and then she is now the same actress is playing the old woman as a young woman in this Pearl movie. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of strange. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's shot very kind of, um, old school Hollywood, uh, that, you know, bright colors and it kind of looked like, you know, Wizard of Oz type thing. Uh, and you kind of see this girl who is like, like this synopsis said, she's on this farm. Her dad, like, had it some kind of, uh, I guess he got the flu, like, they, they, they kind of do the whole pandemic thing, but it was like that flu pandemic back then. Um, so he got the flu and somehow he's in a wheelchair and can't like move or do anything. So they got to take care of him and the mom's just a real pain in the ass. Um, I think I like this one a little bit more than X, except for the fact that X had a lot of nudity, which was oh. pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that probably keeps it, I guess, in number one. But the plot, I thought, made a lot more sense in this one. Uh, this one gets 90% of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, apparently they're working on a third one, uh, Maxine, I guess. It's gonna be a sequel to X. How did you watch this? Um, I rented this one on Amazon, I believe. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, you paid money for this. Yeah, I sure did. <laughs> yeah, Alright. I, I liked it. It was, it was pretty solid. Um, oh yeah, it's worth it, I guess. Um, sadly, I also paid money for another movie on Amazon. Uh, Bullet Train. Bullet Train. Yeah. Another Who's movie this? this summer, uh, Brad Pitt. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, a lot of other people like Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, that Zoe King or Joey King, whatever her name is, who was in a lot of horror movies. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of an ensemble thing where Brad Pitt's like, an assassin type, you know, guy, uh, who, or mercenary, I guess you could say. And he's on this Japanese bullet train and he's got to get this briefcase and get it back. And, um, there's a, turns out there's a lot of other assassins on the, on the train as well. Some also after that case, some just kind of there for other reasons, <laughs> which is weird. But yeah, it's a big convergence of all of these different uh, mercenaries and assassins on this train and they're all kind of at cross purposes and stuff like that and all kind of getting in each other's hair and a lot of them keep dying so it pulls that trick a lot where like oh this person was dead nope they're not dead look they're alive again <laughs> so many times you're just like uh this end already <laughs> <laughs> the old fake death trick yeah <clears throat> I mean, it was really well, I was going to say it only gets 53 on Rotten Tomatoes, but 7.3 on IMDb. That's that's pretty high for IMDb. You know? Yeah, that's insanely high. Um, I mean, there's a lot of action. Some of the action is interestingly shot, I guess, because it was uh, done by that guy, David Leach, who had done like the John Wick movies and stuff like that, Deadpool 2. Um, so he's, he's he, he was a stunt coordinator for years before he became a director, so he knows his way around the stunt work parts of it but I, even in that a lot of the good stuff was already in the trailer um and <laughs> the they 
don't do a whole lot with the characters. A lot of them are just like, hey, here's a really quick montage that's going to set up all their backstory. Cool. Like that, That's not very satisfying. Um, the one guy, he was like obsessed with Thomas the Tank Engine. So he, they, they keep bringing it up too. And it's like, I wasn't really paying that close of attention the first time. And I don't know the lore of Thomas the Tank Engine. So none of this is making any sense to me. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. It, it, it's one of those movies that thought it was cooler than it actually was. Like it was trying so hard to be like, you know, a Quentin Tarantino or Guy Ritchie movie, but just not yeah. getting there. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, all right. How many more do we have? You're like Miles uh, Watson in Halloween movie or horror yeah. movies during Halloween. Uh, I just got two more. These were ones I watched today. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last night when we did uh, Flea Market Fantasy, but the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special came out today. Yeah, you're mentioning this to me, and I said, "Is James Gunn involved?" And you said, "Yes," and I said, "I'm out." <laughs> yep, he directed it, so. <laughs> Sorry to say, but yep, uh, he is definitely involved. I think he always gets his hands involved in anything Guardians. Yeah, he gets his hands a lot of places. (laughs) (laughs) Creep. Anyway, Uh, but yeah, it's it's only about forty five minutes long, so it's not (laughs) not too you know too big a time commitment. Uh, There's kind of minimal Rocket and Groot. I guess that was probably a lot more, a lot of the money. Yeah. So they're just, well, we'll just have a little bit of them. That'll go a long way. But mostly it focuses on, uh, Mantis and Drax. Uh, because Peter Quill, they think he's all sad. Well, because of Gamora. And, uh, Craglin tells a story about Yondu putting the kibosh on Christmas back in the day. So they're like, oh, like we feel bad that he got Christmas ruined for him. So like we should throw him this great Christmas. We're going to go to Earth and kidnap Kevin Bacon. Wait, uh, remind me, how did Gamora die again? Oh, the, the stone, right? The, uh, Thanos had to give up his one thing, right? Yep. Yeah, the thing that he loves. But then, like, she is back, because remember there was the, they went back and got the earlier version of her? Oh, Um, that's right. Yeah. Who just doesn't remember them, or, you know, Peter Quill, or being in love with them? Yeah, so it's, it's her, but it's not her, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to ask Tuffy because there's a whole thing in here where they now apparently bought Nowhere from the Collector. So, you know, that floating celestial head that was in the first movie that, you know, that, that was like a place called Nowhere. Like they yeah, apparently. It's also a, a location on Marvel Snap. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if that, if they covered that in that Thor movie, but I did not know about that. Um, we also learned, I guess, that I've heard rumors that there was some kind of deleted scene from the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie that referenced this, but I don't think they ever mentioned it anywhere else that uh, Mantis is also the daughter of Ego, making her and Peter Quill, you know, half siblings. Yeah, I don't know if I know that either. Uh, I yeah. mean, that's not the way it is in the comics, right? I mean, that's no, not... I don't think either of them are, have any kind of relation to Ego. Uh, I, I think in the doesn't. <sighs> Yeah, in the comics, he's just the son of an alien, right? But it's not Ego. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't think so. Ego's just Wait. pretty much a, a giant planet. <laughs> Isn't that hey, like hey. You, you know how we can find out? Next week on Flea Market Fantasy, we're <laughs> reading the first appearance of Star-Lord. Like yeah, said, good uh, So we'll figure that out. And we'll know everything there is to know about Star-Lord. Yeah. 
So did you enjoy this holiday special thing? Yeah, you know what? It was a good time. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it kind of, it's formulaic. It's kind of hits the beats you'd expect it to hit, but that being said, it's all, it's all very fun. I had a good time watching it. Uh, Kevin Bacon's great. <laughs> I'm surprised that they did this, like with act- the actual actors and everything. This seems like a big yeah. project to do for something silly like this. Well, I think they're going to be doing a lot more of these. Like that's kind of what Werewolf by Night was. And I think that, uh, like whatever they're doing with War Machine is going to be one of these, I guess. So I think they're doing a lot more of these special presentations or whatever they're calling them, which is kind of, you know, it's not really a movie and it's not a TV show because there's just the one of them. But it uh, just seems like how could you get Zoe uh, Zaldana or whatever and uh, Chris Well, she's Pratt. not in it. Oh, is Chris <laughs> so, Pratt in it? Yeah, Chris Pratt's in it. Nebula's in it, so they got Karen Gillan and uh, – Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is, is uh, Batista in it as Drax? Oh, Drax? yeah. Yeah, he's great. That's what I mean. They're paying these people to be in this little hour thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> Probably the best part is uh, once they, they kidnap Kevin Bacon and they, they kind of realize eventually that he's an actor and not an actual hero. Uh, so they're, they're all just so disgusted. They're like, <laughs> actors are the fucking worst. <laughs> actors are terrible people. <laughs> that was That's all pretty, pretty good. good. Like everyone's yeah. just thickened by them, by him. So they have to like try to use man powers on him. Just be like, try to be like you, but don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, Drax and Mantis are always humorous, you know, when you see them. Uh, yeah, it, it's getting ninety-three so percent. them bop around and ninety-three percent on so, Rotten Tomatoes. People yeah. love it. Ninety-three. That's fair. Yeah, it's, again, it's not going to like rock your world, but it's good wholesome fairly wholesome entertainment for the holidays <laughs> there's definitely some some more adult jokes but you know it's good all right uh one more thing i guess you watched one more yeah and then after that i figured all right i'll finally do it i'm gonna watch werewolf by night <laughs> werewolf by night i have not watched this yet i've been meaning to watch this again this is based on an old 1970s uh, comic book uh from marvel where mm-hmm. a bella turned into a werewolf by night yeah and uh so it is shot in black and white correct yes mostly there's some again like wizard of oz kind of at the end there's color (laughs) some kind of switches at a certain point and is this just a straight horror situation like a horror like wolfman kind of story uh not not exactly (laughs) there's not enough werewolf for me in this werewolf (laughs) it's like larry always said the hero is never in the costume there's not he's not even in the wolf outfit what are we doing (laughs) yep yeah a lot of that uh so basically the story is ulysses ulysses bloodstone uh was this you know famous monster hunter and now he's finally passed away who's his daughter elsa bloodstone right yep that's her she is so she's she's in this yeah, although they made her like a very Jessica Jones esque instead of being a redhead like she is in the comics, which is weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's dead and he's got this bloodstone that you know helps kill monsters. So they're having like a competition to see who gets this bloodstone now. Um, and she's kind of like the ne'er do well daughter who kind of fucked off and did her own thing, but now she wants this stone. Um. And there's, you know, a couple other people in the, in the, the running here. And apparently the goal is we're going to release this monster. 
you guys got to go hunt it and, you know, you can kill each other all you want too. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get the, you know, the win here. And, uh, whoever kills this monster, then you'll, you'll win the bloodstone essentially and you'll be the new owner. And um, what does the bloodstone do exactly? I guess, I think it gives you a boost. Like, uh, it, they've mentioned longevity. <laughs> it's like, like a B12 <laughs> shot. Yeah. Make you feel a little better. Kind of seems like the Infinity Formula that Nick Fury took, where you can live a lot longer, and you know you've got some healing abilities, and probably boosts your strength a little bit. Because I have no concept of Elsa Bloodstone or any of these Bloodstone people, but uh, she appeared right at the end of Marvel Avengers Alliance. She was a playable character, <laughs> and I had, that was my first experience with Elsa Bloodstone. But I have no concept of the character or anything. Yeah, she's like a big monster hunter. Uh, I think she came around and probably. They'd early 2000s-ish. But yeah, she's she's alright. I haven't read too much with her, to be honest. <laughs> but So, yeah. is this Werewolf by Night thing uh, worth watching? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's interesting, because you get to see the monster that they're hunting, um, and I, w- I won't give it away, but it is something that you'll be very familiar with as a Marvel fan. Swamp um, Thing? Oh, you're very close. <laughs> but yeah, man thing. Oh, man thing. Yeah, for Locking Marvel's man thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was cool to see that. Um, he does get to touch somebody and make them burn, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so other than that, not the greatest. Um, like the, the Jack Russell guy, I don't remember him being like a Mexican priest in the comic books, was he? Uh, no, I don't think he was. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that there was. There aren't a lot of Mexican priests named Jack Russell. But, uh, I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I'll check on it, but I don't think that's true. Um, yeah, I, I, I still might give it a whirl. It doesn't do uh, a lot of werewolfing till the end, and then they kind of, you know, try to hide it as much as possible. So werewolfing. So are they going to be doing more werewolfing? Are they going to be making more of these, or is this just a one-shot deal and they're done? That's it. No, as far as I know, it's a one-shot thing, but I guess those characters could pop up in other things. I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like they would do something with Elsa Bloodstone, maybe. Yeah, this gets a 90% Rotten Tomatoes, so uh, 7.2 on IMDb, that's very high, so it yeah. seems like people like it. It's kind of interesting in that they do try to shoot it, you know, for black and white, and it's it's got a different tone um, than a lot of the Marvel projects. But the writing itself kind of felt very similar. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, because I think Marvel, they were on to something there uh, when they were doing all those TV shows, like for Netflix and stuff, because uh, I, I think what you want to do is make each one completely distinctive in how it's told and how it looks. And sometimes they capture it with like uh they definitely capture it with like the opening titles and <laughs> all of them. <laughs> but but the shows started have started to blend together. Um, yeah. Like and it hurts when there's so many in a year that you're just like, all yeah. right. <laughs> like like Luke Cage should have been shot like a black exploitation film from the seventies. Uh Iron Fish should have been like a Kung Fu film from the seventies, like that kind of feel to it. Uh just uh, everything should have its own feel and look to it. But now they're, they're just all kind of the same thing. So. Yeah. Yeah, like all the Netflix ones had that same tone. Um, all the Disney Plus ones all are very much the same tone. And all just kind of blends together. 
and it's it's just hard to care at a certain point. Yeah, I reached that point where I just don't care. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like I watch these, but it's just kind of like, yeah, all right, it's something. I wasn't as invested as I used to be, that's for sure. Man, WandaVision was so good those first four or five episodes. Mm-hmm. When they were doing like a different TV show every time. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, that was pretty great. And then it just tanked at the end. But <laughs> Well, I mean, they're doing that Agatha show now. Oh, I like Agatha. Yeah. <laughs> they got Aubrey Plaza in there, so that should be good. But if they have, uh, I don't know. They haven't said yet. Hey, in Marvel's Snap. If you, uh, I don't have Agatha Harkness, but she is a card in that game. And if uh, you put her in your deck, she plays for you. So, oh. <laughs> hope she plays well because <laughs> it's Agatha all along. You know, she's yep. doing it all herself. Um, so that's interesting. But, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, until she plays herself. Like if she plays herself on the board, then you control your deck. But, uh, oh. Anyway, uh, all right. Awesome. So. Uh, that's uh, Jank's update on the uh, Always Been Watching. Good job, Jank. I might watch a couple of those things, but uh, probably not all of them. Uh, all right, so let's do uh, a little Marvel superhero thing, because I was going to do this originally. It's going to be you and Mike L. competing head-to-head in some sort of competition. But Mike L. doesn't talk to me anymore, so uh, we're not having Mike L. on the show. And then, I mean, uh, to him, is cool. he, like, giving you the hi-hat? or you just- no. But, I mean, he hasn't reached out or anything, you know. So, it's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I don't think that means anything. <laughs> but I always thought it was odd when we were doing the uh, flea market fantasy, and I'd ask him about all these old people from the comic book syndicate, you know, all these old characters and the guys he used to host the shows with. They're like, hey, Mike, I wonder how that guy. He goes, I don't know. I don't talk to him anymore. <laughs> and I was like, all right. <laughs> so, I think I'm just in that group now. feel familiar, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just in that group. Mike doesn't talk to me anymore. Uh <laughs> And then uh, we were going to do this last week, uh, but you and Tuffy were going to compete head to head. No, Tuffy doesn't know anything about comic books, so uh, but it would have been funny still. Um, that would have been embarrassing if I lost hard. Yeah, <laughs> but you got sick. So, oh, by the way, how are you feeling, Jake? Give us a health update. Everything good on your end? Uh, I don't know. It's it's good enough. It's still not great. Yeah, you, um, yeah. I don't want people to think I'm callous. I didn't. I've asked you repeatedly how you've been yes, feeling. I, I, I just, just forgot. I just I, haven't done it on the show yet. Uh, yeah. but yeah, you, uh, you're doing a little better health wise, but still a little sick, but, uh, yeah, they still haven't figured out anything with the whole like back and leg numb, numb, uh, numbness situation. That's yeah. pretty much still up in the it, air. Um, but it's the, sciatica. It's sciatica. That's what it is. I don't just, think it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just go with that. <laughs> the old sciatica is acting up. Just go with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't worry about that other shit. Sciatica. <laughs> All right, uh, but yeah, so Jack's on the mend. Hey, and uh, another health update. I didn't have to get my tooth pulled last week. Remember, uh, my face was yeah. on. Yeah, it just went away. It was all sinus trouble. That's all it was. Yeah, oh, fingers crossed. Yeah, so. Anytime um, you get a dentist, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. It is great. Because, you know, it's the first month without a car payment. You can finally, hey, getting ahead of myself. And then, oh, wait, I got to drop a grand on the tooth getting yanked. No, I don't want that. So, um, all right, but anyway. Uh, the, the superhero deal we're going to do, we'll just do it with you. I'll just test your knowledge. And, uh, <clears throat> again, cause I'm way into Marvel Snap at the moment. Oh, Jank, uh, I'm getting, I'm getting new characters every day. I got death. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it is pretty this awesome. Is yeah. Because her, uh, her power is 12, but her cost is, I, I think it starts out at like nine or 10, 
But then, so you can't even play her normally. But if you, uh, if you destroy cards throughout the game, her cost goes, drops one each time you destroy somebody. So you play a deck where you murder a bunch of people and then you get her cost down and there's some other tricks you can do. So you can drop her on the board at like a one cost or zero cost even with, at 12. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So. Excited. They really about put that. a lot of thought into the moves on this game. Like, yeah, they did. It's pretty awesome. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, my deck's getting pretty, pretty good. I also got, uh, there's just, I didn't even in. like figure, sort out which cards you want in your deck because it's not a very big amount. They give you what, like 12, 12 cards. Yeah. Nice. Um, you got like probably 500 <laughs> cards by this point. Yeah, I don't know how many cards. My collector's level is now at like 680. But you go up levels by each time you evolve a card, so that's not how many cards I have. I I don't know how many cards I have, but um, I have a lot. Uh, but uh, the deck's really coming together. I'm getting some really heavy hitters now. And I and I got some lady named Wave. Do you know who Wave is? Doesn't even sound familiar. <laughs> uh, her deal is you put her on the board, and she makes every card in your hand a four power, or a four cost, a four cost. So, again, for someone like Death, that's awesome. She drops all the way down to four, and you can put her on the board, you know, or whatever. Um, and, I, and I also got a guy named Giganto. Oh, okay. Uh, he's like a big monster-looking fella. Like a whale, big, like, gray whale type thing? No, he's like a like a giant lizard monster um, looking like a Godzilla kind of thing. Like, he's he's, bunch, he's like punching his way out of the earth or something. Never heard of him, but he he's got like a sixteen power. He's a big tough dude. So, what's his cost? Um, his cost oh. is six. Uh, maybe it's fourteen power, sixteen something like that. His cost is six, but you can only play him on the left location. That's the only place you can play him. So, yeah, yep. he is the the monster that the Fantastic Four fought in the first issue. Oh no, shit! In the cover, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's famous. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So he's pretty good. Um, I'm getting a lot. I, I told you before uh, on the flea market face, I got Typhoid Mary, one of my favorite characters ever. I got her now. Love that. Yeah, I got a I got a bunch of people. All right, but anyway, we'll test your knowledge on these Marvel characters from 1984. So let's see. Before you were even born, right, Jackie? Yeah. So how does this uh, the role playing game actually work in the way that it was meant to? How does that work? Is it like Dungeons and Dragons? Yes. You make your own character and yeah, this is like Dungeons and Dragons, but for Marvel superheroes. And it came out. It was published by a company called TSR, and it was published in 1984. And then they released an advanced edition in 1986. I had both editions. Like the first edition was in a yellow box, and uh, I can't remember who was on the cover. Like probably the Hulk or something. There's like four heroes. And then there's an advanced edition, uh, like a black and purple, and there's a bunch of people on it. <clears throat> but I had both. And, of course, you know, I didn't have any friends, so I didn't have – I had lots. But I never played this game with anyone. I just did it by myself. I just like to read the character description. <laughs> the stat, yeah, the stat breakdowns. And every once in a while, they would sell these individual campaigns, like little uh, – there'd be like five bucks or something. And uh, they tell you a little story, and you could do it, and you roll the dice to see, like, oh, did my Wolverine cut – your uh, saber tooth or whatever, you know, one of them deals. So you could make your own little adventures. Um, so it was a swell time. And the game, they broke down the characters. They were all given ratings in certain and specific categories. 
and their ratings ranged from it started out at uh feeble which would be like aunt may so okay uh this is scored like at a two and that's feeble next up is poor that scored a four and uh you know, that's a weak uh, individual, you know. Then typical at six, that's a normal human. Good, like a fit human at 10. Then excellent, remarkable, incredible, amazing, monstrous, unearthly. And then you had X, Y, and Z for like people like Galactus and the Celestials. Don't worry about those people, you know. What number do they give those? Uh, well, they're, uh, X is, uh, 150, Y is 200, and Z is 500. Unearthly is 100. So, uh, that's the top we're dealing with in our scale today is unearthly. Okay. So it, to make it easy for you to rate the, cause I'm going to give you a hero and I'll give you a category and you rate them one to 10. So 10 would be unearthly. All right. So that's top. That's the best it can be. And uh, so use that as your scale and I'll give you some other context uh, so you can understand how to rank. but you're going to be ranking these people one to 10. One is like Aunt May. 10 is like incredible Hulk strength. Right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So that's how they're all rated. And depending on your rating, like if you had uh, like that number, like uh, for Monstrous, it's 75. So you have a 75% chance of succeeding if you roll the dice or whatever, you know, like because uh, uh, there's it, it's hard to explain, but there's a big uh, graphic thing with like a scale and there's a green window, a yellow and red. And depending on where you roll, how much how much damage you do. So. That's if you were a 75 monsters, you got a 70% chance of doing some damage. And depending on the roll, if you roll really high, you can do serious damage. You know, so one of them deals. I never played Dungeons and Dragons, so none of the, none of this makes any sense to me. Did you ever do any of that stuff? Uh, I played a game called uh, Monster of the Week. It's very Monster similar of the Week. More, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's not so much set in like a fantasy world. It's more like you know you're it could be anything like modern day and you're just like on adventures. So. Hey, hey, Jack, I'm, uh, I was flipping through. So I was going to go to the, the section I want to get to, but I just happened to stop in this book. So I'm, I'm reading the advanced games judge book from 1986. And, uh, they have a rating for monkeys. I just stopped on it. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> monkeys have 30 health. Where the fascination began. <laughs> monkeys for the purpose of this game include all small primates not covered under the ape category monkeys <laughs> do not possess the strength of the apes and cannot make kill or slam results in their attacks but can manipulate objects and be trained <laughs> get on uh, you monkeys uh, yeah monkey facts yeah that's how like detailed this game gets they have ratings for animals <laughs> Just for animals. <laughs> animals. Really? That's that's incredible. Yeah, and they have like every superpower broken down into like different degree, like abilities and the uh, degrees at which people can do things. And yeah, it's crazy this game. I don't Jeez. know. We'll campaign one day. Yeah, I guess people are still playing it. I guess it has a community. Like there's websites. There's, I guess there's YouTube videos about it. I guess people are still playing it all these years later. So I don't know. Pretty sure I saw the uh, the Fall of the Mutants campaign box at the uh, comic book store I go to. Yeah, Not probably. Yeah. Uh, I remember, like, again, this was all when I was, like, 10, 12, 13. Um, so I remember I had, like, a Fantastic Four thing and a, a thing for Thor. I remember there's a thing with, like, uh, fighting them frost giants and shit, stuff like that. Yeah. And there's an X-Men Danger Room one. And 
All right, anyway. So each hero or villain, they're scored on seven categories. And the categories are fighting, agility, strength, endurance, reason, and intuition. Oh, intuition and psyche. Is that seven? That sounds like more than seven. Let's see. One, two, four, five, six, seven. No, that's seven. I can't count. Yeah. <laughs> so fighting, agility, strength, endurance, reason, intuition, and psyche. All right? That's how you rate everybody. So we're going to start out in the fighting category. All right? Okay. So if you're rated one, that is no fighting training at all. If you're rated an eight, that's the maximum human potential for fighting. If you're rated a 10, that is superhuman with intensive training. So keep that in mind. All right? So first up, Wolverine. What do you think his fighting rating would be? One out of 10. Hmm. Um, he's definitely superhuman and he's got training, so. Wow. Uh, I'll go nine. Uh, he's, he's kind of just a muscle head at certain points. Like, he just kind of goes all animal and is not putting a lot of thought into it. <laughs> they gave him a seven. Ooh. Yeah, so he, he's not even maximum human potential. He could, he could train a little harder. Human beings have fucking knives coming out of their hands so <laughs> but when you when you think about it though technically wolverine he's, he's a nor- he's just a normal human really when you think about it yeah like he, he has the adamantium skeleton and his instincts and everything but strength wise he's just a really jacked dude you know yeah except most uh, you know uh he can survive any wounds so obviously you, if things that would stop a normal person from attacking yeah. you are not yeah. going to slow down any, so that's a big help in, in fighting arena. <clears throat> yeah, but I guess, uh, and this was 84, um, when did he get all the ninja training? <laughs> that was like 80. <laughs> yeah, that was probably 82, I guess, so that's yeah, 82. So he probably should have his ninja training. I would yeah. put him at least an 8, probably. Yeah. All right, so with that in mind, Daredevil. Ooh, I mean, his whole thing is fighting training. Um, yeah. Oh, but I guess his powers don't technically aid that. If Wolverine's a seven, what's there? Oh, eight. He's also a seven. Really? Yeah, this game's stingy with the ratings. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's been trained since he was like a kid by stick. What <laughs> training can a guy have? <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I know. I would put him in eight as well, I think. Yeah, him and Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, Captain America. Ooh. Uh, let's see. He's got the army training. I mean, he does train a lot of people. Like I remember him always training Tony Stark and yeah. uh, <laughs> Rick Jones. So, <laughs> and he is superhuman. So clearly helped with his fighting. So, uh, if there's ever going to be a ten, I think it would be Captain. And he's just an eight. Dang. That's the maximum. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because you. Maximum that. human potential. Treating, yeah, maximum human potential, but not superhuman. So, so yeah, yeah, I guess technically <laughs> he's still human. Yeah, he just okay. drank a, a, a potion. So, <laughs> all, all right. right. Oh, uh, Hercules. Hmm. That, that's a tricky one. Yeah. <laughs> he's got all he likes power? to do is fight. 
drink and have sex with ladies. <laughs> oh yeah, all that drinking's gonna put a you know a hang, a hang, a, uh, slow down your fighting ability a little bit. <laughs> well, he drinks after he fights. <laughs> oh man, uh, let's go with uh, with a nine. He's a ten. Ooh, so close. Because he is a god. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right, we'll give you, uh, like, just a couple other ones. Uh, Black Knight is a six. So he's less than Wolverine Daredevil. Kingpin is a six. Tiger is a five. Scorpion is a six. Nick Fury is seven. So Nick Fury is as good of a fighter as Wolverine and Daredevil? (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) I call shenanigans on that one for sure. Because this isn't even Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury. This is uh, David Hasselhoff. Yeah. <laughs> the real Nick Fury. All right. <laughs> All right. Next. How can he be as good at... Yeah, he's definitely going to be off. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have agility. One is physically limited. Again, think Aunt May. Uh, seven is an Olympic gymnast. And ten moves and reacts in a flash. Like, instantaneous. So... I'll, I'll tell you this. No one gets a 10. None of these people I'm talking about. I think Silver Surfer might have a 10, <laughs> I think. Okay. But none of these people. I'll ask you a few of them. Uh, let's go with Beast. Thank McCoy. One of them. No, Professor X is not one. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, although these are mostly, uh, these are a lot of X-Men. Beast. Okay. Um, oh, he's got to be high up on the list. Uh, what was the Eight. Uh, seven is an Olympic gymnast. Is an Olympic gymnast. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna give him an eight then. He's a seven. He's a seven. He's an Olympic gymnast. <laughs> I think he can beat anyone in the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Colossus. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> gonna weigh it down. Uh. Man, I almost want to go one, but I feel like. He's not, like, disabled, so I'm going to go yeah. two. Uh, he's a four. Okay. Cyclops. Cyclops. <laughs> Tuffy would be giving him a ten, probably. Uh, that's why I brought that's why I Cyclops <laughs> for Tuffy. Um, give him, like, a three, I guess, based off of where Colossus is. Well, Colossus is a four. <laughs> yeah. So you think he's less agile than Colossus? Yeah, I mean, what did he ever do? Did you ever see him play that X-Men arcade game? He had the tiniest punches and kicks. Like, they had no fucking distance on them at all. But Colossus is a big lumbering dude made out of metal, you know? (laughs) Well, all right, I guess five. Yeah, there you go. He's a five. (laughs) Okay. I tried to talk you into that. Uh, Nightcrawler. Ooh, all right. Uh, I mean, he was an acrobat. That's better than being in the Olympics, so I'm going to give him an eight. He has an eight. Congratulations. That's the first one you got right. (laughs) Well, Cyclops, you got right, but I talked you into that one. Yeah, a little little coaxing. Final one, Spider-Man. Oh, shit. Um, I'm going to give him an eight as well. He is also an eight. Yeah. I would almost think he'd be a nine, like, uh, more than night, but I guess eight is fair, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess they're on par. 
they both got crazy flips and shit. And so if you Not consider that, that like Quicksilver it, it, or something like that, maybe. Yeah, maybe. If you consider Nightcrawler and Spider-Man 8, uh, Beast at a 7 kind of makes sense, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess he's not—he's not that agile compared. I guess there's some logic in all this. All right, next up is strength. One, you're able to press fifty pounds. That's a lot of weight. Uh, number five—that's more than Aunt May can do. <laughs> at five, you're able to press eight hundred pounds, maximum human potential. So if you're a normal human, five strength is like the best you can do. All right. 10 is the ability to press 100 plus tons. That's the Incredible Hulk. So, are you, are you okay with that scale? Five, maximum human potential. Yep. And the Hulk. All right. Yeah. Locked in. Num- we'll start out with uh, we'll s- Iron Man in his suit. Not Tony Stark, but Iron Man in the suit. <laughs> hey, um... I'm going to say that's a seven. That is correct. You're getting the hang of it now. All right. Jank. Yeah. Submariner. Old Namor. Hmm. Not no more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I give him an eight. He's actually a nine. Whoa. Yeah. So I think, I think he can lift like, yeah. Cause well, he's under the, the ocean there, you know? So his muscles got to be strong. All that weight of the water on him all the time. Yeah. Real. So, yeah. yeah, he's strong. I, I probably would have said eight as well. Um, the wasp. <laughs> the wasp. This uh, seems a little generous, but the wasp. Um, hmm. Well, you said that, so I'm going to go six. Yeah. No, no, no. M- remember, uh, <laughs> being able to press 800 human. pounds is a five. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought five was n- normal human. Um, okay. Uh, then I will revise and go with a three. That's what I would have said. Three. Uh, it's a, they gave her a four. And I think by their ratings, to be, have a four, you should be able to press like 400 pounds. There's no way Janet Van Dyne is pressing 400 pounds. <laughs> no, not a chance. <laughs> she's a I'm very just, tiny. Well, I was shopping, woman. carrying a lot of bags. The only way that's happening. Uh, how about Rogue? Oh, Rogue. Um, hmm. Gotta be in between probably Iron Man and Namor. So I will go with an eight. That is correct. Look at you reasoning this, <laughs> thinking it out. Good job. Yeah, Rogue's an eight. The Thing. Ooh, The Thing. Uh, ten. He's a nine. Ooh, got a little monstrous strength right below the Hulk. Yep. I mean, he certainly fought the Hulk many a time. So I don't have him written down here, but I'm pretty sure they gave Wonder Man a ten. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck? I never knew he was that strong. I would have thought he'd be like an eight or something, seven or an eight. He's being a ten, not cool anymore. Uh, a couple other people I'd written down here. Crimson Dynamo is an eight. Craven is a seven. Spider-Man is a seven. Doctor Doom a six. So, yeah, that uh, sounds right. So Craven just as strong as the Spider-Man there. Yeah, that's weird. All those jungle herbs apparently are strong. Yeah, I get, yeah, he takes those magic potions to give him strength. <laughs> yeah. 
<clears throat> All right, next up is endurance. Number one, reduced or impaired ability. Five, regular exercise. Ten, never tires. So this is just how much uh, damage they can take um, and keep on coming, you know. So that in the bedroom. That yeah, kind of exactly. <laughs> so uh, let's go. Speaking of the bedroom, let's go dagger. The hot foxy blonde. <laughs> what, what do you think her endurance is? Uh, let's see. Regular exercise <laughs> is five. She got her powers through being on drugs. So I'm going to say uh, three. Oh, uh, she's six. She's fit. What? Yeah, she's fit. <laughs> she's not getting regular exercise. She just stands <laughs> and throws knives. <laughs> made of light. <laughs> How about She-Hulk? Uh, let's see. She-Hulk. Oh, endurance? Uh, probably nine. She's an eight. Ooh. Thor. <laughs> Definitely a nine. The Hulk mighty Hulk. Thor. He's a uh, god. Yeah. <sighs> I've been burned on the 10 before, but I'm going to do it again. 10. Yeah, he's a 10. He's on earthly endurance. He's a god. Yeah, yeah that's right. Now, here, here's an odd one. Hobgoblin. What do you think Hobgoblin's endurance is? Oh, he's got the goblin formula at a certain <laughs> point anyway. So, uh, hmm. My impulse would be to say seven. Stay with that impulse. It's a seven. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you nailed it. Hey, in, in Marvel Snap, I have Hobgoblin and Green Goblin. You put Hobgoblin on the board. He flies over to your opponent's side of the board and gives them a minus eight. So that's awesome. Green Goblin does the same thing, but he's only a minus three. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of a stuff. I know. So like. Is that the Bart Hamilton Green Goblin or something? Like, not the good one? Uh, it, it, his cost is only three. Hobgoblin's cost is five. So, But I, I still like seeing Green Goblin get a little more respect there, you know? Absolutely. He's the number one Spidey villain. A couple other endurance fellas. Uh, Hawkeye's a five in endurance. Like, he's an average human, you know, with regular exercise. Colossus is at an eight. It's gets more exercise than Hawkeye. Yeah, he pulls get back a done. giant bow. He gets it done, you know? He doesn't even walk anywhere. He's like, Cloak just teleports them place to place. <laughs> but Colossus is an eight. Wonder Man a nine. Fucking Wonder Man. And uh, a Claw's a nine. You know, Claw, the old Sonic? Because yeah. he, I guess he's made out of Sonic waves and shit, so. Yeah, we can't really do much to that. <laughs> he can absorb anything. <laughs> All right, next up is Reason. Uh, number one, you're like a couch potato. You're not that bright. You don't do much. Uh, number five, you're you're able to modify existing 1980s technology. So keep yeah. in mind, this is 1980s. So. <laughs> like <laughs> a Walkman. Five, five. <laughs> <laughs> if you knew how to use a Walkman, you got a five. <laughs> uh, number ten, you're basically an alien technology yourself. Um, so I don't know who that would be exactly, but none of these people are tens. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. All right. Yeah, maybe like the Cree Supreme Intelligence or something. Yeah. Probably one of them deals, something like that. Yeah. All right. So, hi, hey, how about the vulture? He's got them fancy wings, you know. Sure, that's something. That's more than '80s technology. Can't yeah. Build that a Radio Shack. No. Um. It's just well. But they are just wings that he has to flap, though. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of high tech there. <laughs> I'll I'll give him a six. That is correct. 
Look at you. <laughs> Coming along here. All right. Getting better. Uh, yeah, like in terms of the game, I believe a six would be remarkable. Classified as remarkable. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Reed Richards. Oh. Yeah, see, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, I'm guessing it sounds like he, sh- I mean, he should be a nine. Um, I'm guessing he's not because you sound, yeah, about this, but yeah. <laughs> I thought he'd be a nine too. He's not a nine. He's only an eight. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't know that there's anyone smarter than him. The yeah, that would be class. That would be classified as amazing uh, an eight. So, um, so like in terms of the game, that's like a fifty percent success rate if he's rolling something. Yeah, I think he should be a nine. Yeah, agreed. I mean, he's he's the top. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure when they do rankings of the smartest people, he's he's right up there at number one. Doctor Doom is also an eight. Okay, so at least they kept them the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You would want to be, you know, be one ahead of them, but. All right, now here's an interesting one. The lizard, not Kurt Connors, the scientist. Oh, the lizard. The yeah. lizard. <laughs> okay. Uh. Well, I mean, he, he, I'm gonna have to go under five on this one. Um. Uh, I'll give him a three because it's not like he's just smelling his own feces the whole time or something. Well. I think he does sometimes because he's a two. Oh. Because <laughs> there is a two. All right. And, uh, all right, a couple other ones. Uh, Magneto was a seven. Uh, the Beetle, that villain, he's a five. But he has a pretty fancy outfit. Did he design yeah, that outfit? He that himself, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, be I think he'd be at least a six. Uh, Shadow Cat gets a six. Oh, yeah, she was into computers and stuff. Yeah. Do that. And again, this was 1984, so if she knew how to turn on a computer, she was super advanced. (laughs) (laughs) All right, just two more categories. Intuition is next. Number one, you're completely unaware of your surroundings. Number five, you have a fine eye for detail. And and if you're a 10, you're in touch with the universe. You cannot be blindsided or tricked or uh, no shenanigans can be played on your mind. You're a 10. (laughs) So are there any tens in this? Uh there are no tens that I'm giving you, no. Okay. Um so uh, hey, let's start with Tuffy's favorite against Cyclops. What do you think his intuition is? Hmm. What was a five again? A fine eye for detail. Okay. So kind of like maybe a amateur detective, maybe. Think of it that way, I guess. Um you know what? I'm gonna I would go with a five then. He's a six. He's a six. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking he's, he's a team leader, you know, so he has intuition, I guess. Yeah. I'll give him that. Uh, uh, we'll go Wolverine. Ooh. He has his heightened sense. Okay, so yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, he's an animal, intuitive like an animal. So. I'll go seven. He's a nine. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Under he's got them. Yeah, he's got those instincts from an animal. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil. Oh, okay. Um, he's got to be a nine as well. He is a nine. Yep. Yeah. He can sense everything. How about uh, uh, this one's a little weird. All right, Hawkeye. What do you think Hawkeye is? Oh no. Um, 
Well, this really isn't too weird. This is uh, so five is a fine eye for detail. Yeah, I would give him a five. He's got a He's fine a four. eye. He's a four. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you think with his eyesight, being a Hawkeye, he'd be able to. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the one I was. This is what confused me a little bit. So, what do you think Mockingbird is? His wife, fellow uh, West Coast Avenger, fellow uh, Shield agent. What do you think her intuition is? So, uh, five. She's a three. <laughs> so a real shot at Mockingbird. She made the he... mistake of marrying him. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> she should at least be as high as Hawkeye, right? Uh, a couple other ones. Storm is a five. Uh, Shaman from Alpha Flight, he's an eight. Yeah, um, see that. Craven is a seven. I would almost put Craven in an eight. Yeah. Craven the Hunter and all. So. I can smell you. Except that you never apparently just smell, you know, Peter Parker and be like, hey, that's Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he has a seven. All right, the final category, Psyche. Uh, number one, you're easily dominated or programmed. So the American people. Number five, some experience with mental control and or magic forces. Number ten, closed mind, uncontrollable by outside means. So don't even try to fucking brainwash this guy. Okay. Right? So let's and start off. Oh, the base again? The, the, the bottom level? Uh, one is easily dominated or programmed. Five is some experience with mental control and or magic forces. So like David Copperfield. Be a five. Yes. <laughs> okay. So let's start out with Iceman. Uh, <laughs> Good old Bobby Drake. Yeah, he's got to be pretty low. Uh, I'd probably give him a two. He's a three. Yeah. But you're in the right ballpark, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about That's Doc? I don't think he ever paid much attention. How about Doc Ock? Doc Ock. Um, you said five. They have some kind of experience with the supernatural. Uh, some experience with mental control and or magic forces. Oh, mental control. Okay. Uh, I'll give him a six. He's got to control five. those eyes. He's a five. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you really want to focus on, like, mental powers, maybe. Like, anything over a five, they have mental powers. Control. Like, he's, he's, he's pretty hard to... But it's, like, directly wired into his nerves and shit, right? So it's, it's the same as him, like, moving a leg, right? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Red Skull. Johan Schmidt. Oh, Red Skull. Um, let's see. I guess I'll go with five. Yeah, this scale's tough. Uh, he's a nine. What the hell? He doesn't have mental <laughs> powers, but he uh he's uncontrol like ten is uncontrollable by outside means, closed mind. So he's like just uh so uh rock solid in his convictions and evil that he's a nine. <laughs> like like no one's manipulating the red skull, you know? I, I'm sure they have and, and uh, will continue to do so. Yeah, he he doesn't really have any mental defenses that I've ever seen. Evil is his mental defense. <laughs> Even Xavier wouldn't want to get in Red Skull's mind. That's a dark well, place. Funny enough, uh, Red Skull did get Xavier's mind in his mind at one point. He what? dug him up and put Xavier's brain in his body. 
uh, or like sewed it onto his brain. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Xavier's powers. <laughs> wait a minute, wait. First yeah. of all, when did Xavier die? I didn't know Xavier was dead. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's died several times. <laughs> one of the many times where uh, they did that whole Phoenix Five thing, and then the Phoenix Cyclops ended up killing Professor Xavier. So Red Skull dug up Xavier's body, took yeah. his took his brain out, and just like duct taped it to his brain, pretty much. And somehow that gave him his psychic powers. It's like I don't think that'd be how that works. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, that was a terrible, terrible story. And like All they right. just. Him, but, like, he switched everybody's axis of, like, good or evil. So, like, all of a sudden, Carnage was, like, a good guy, and <laughs> Iron Man was, like, evil. It's like, what the hell's going on here? It is weird. All right, how about Marvel Girl, Jean Grey? Now, this is not Phoenix. This is Marvel Girl, Jean Grey. Okay. I mean, she should, if the Red Skull's a nine, she should be a nine as well. She's an eight. Okay. So, she's classified as amazing. Red Skull's monsters. Yeah, she, um, uh, she's still an Omega level mutant, even without the Phoenix. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Xavier's a ten. Um, okay, I think so. I didn't That'd write it loose. down here. Oh, you know what? Xavier's a nine. Damn. So he's not a ten. So wow. All right. Fair enough. I guess someone can brainwash the Xavier. Maybe. Maybe the Shadow King. If he ever loses that battle on the astral plane. How about Mastermind? Remember that guy? Yeah. Like the whole Dark Phoenix saga, it was all him controlling everybody's minds. So what do you think Mastermind Uh, 1 to 10? I'll give him a 7. I guess it could be an 8, but I'm going to go 7. He gets a 10. Holy hell. Yeah, that seems crazy to me. Like, why is he above Xavier? But I guess, like, he was kind of out, Phoenix, yeah. He was kind of outwitting Xavier, right? Because Xavier didn't even know what was going on, right? Yeah. Well, I guess he just wasn't. I don't know that he was ever around when that was happening, though. Yeah, he like yeah, wasn't eavesdropping on Jean Grey's brain, <laughs> so I guess he just didn't know. But yeah, he was controlling the Phoenix, which is an incredibly powerful force, I guess. So yeah, but maybe like Xavier didn't even detect anything because Mastermind's so good at what he does. Yeah. I don't know. I was surprised by that, though, 10. Yeah, I mean, most of the time, Mastermind is a joke. Like, Yeah, he's this people little story. guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's never uh, really moments in the sun. Uh, Silver Surfer. Ooh. Uh, is he a 10 as well? He's a 7. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. <laughs> in, uh, in Marvel Puzzle Quest, he has this, like, one of his moves is perfect being, where just, like, you can't stun him or paralyze him or do any things that have effects to him. You just can't do it. And, and again, <laughs> keep in mind, this is 1984, so this was before he got his, uh, he was kind of out of comics at this point, so <laughs> maybe people just kind of forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> like, his power cosmic, though, in this game is super strong. So Yeah, yeah it's hard to mess it with somebody with power cosmic. Uh, Baron They're too Mordo. busy uh, putting in stats for monkeys to give yeah. the Silver Surfer his due. <laughs> yeah, I got to check what a monkey's <laughs> intuition and psyche is. Uh, uh, Baron Mordo is an eight. Uh, you know, yeah. he's a top level magician there, so that's pretty good. Uh, One run below the Sorcerer Supreme, pretty much. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Doctor Strange is a ten. 
Ooh, wow. Yeah, so he's two levels behind Dr. Strange. <laughs> Suck it. No wonder one's chosen. <laughs> hey, monkeys, let's look at the monkey stats now that you're familiar with them. Uh, they have a fighting. They're good. They're good at fighting. So. <laughs> yep. Checks they out. Would, I think that means they would have a 10% chance of succeeding in an attack. <laughs> They're good at fighting. <laughs> Their agility is only typical. What? A monkey? That's, that's the thing. <laughs> that's, exactly. That's their thing. You let a monkey in the Olympics like you let him play hockey. Like, he'd be winning the fucking gymnastics gold medal. Yes. That, who rated this? <laughs> uh, strength is poor. Monkeys are super strong. Yeah. <laughs> well, They're not as strong as a human being. That's a damn lie. Well, I guess maybe this is... Uh, Maybe these are those itty bitty monkeys, because again, chimps are technically a primate. It's like one of those organ grinder monkeys. Yeah, that probably checks out. Yeah, their endurance is good. Their reason is feeble. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, intuition typical. Psyche poor. <laughs> poor little monkey. Just a bad report card for monkeys all the way around. Yeah. Now, if you go to apes, fighting typical. I would not want to fight an ape. I'll tell you. <laughs> They're not trained, but boy, do they fight dirty. Yes. Like a bird has good fighting. An ape has <laughs> typical fighting? What the fuck is this? <laughs> An ape only has good strength? What? <laughs> My God. <laughs> I think you need to make your own. Just go on. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Uh, put this out. Oh, apes dis- apes describe man's close cousins, the chimp, the orangutan, and gorilla. Oh, gorilla has a strength of excellence. There we go. That's so, more like it. But I think that's still, like, compress 800 pounds, I think, with that, that's what that would be. So I guess that's right. Yeah, maybe. Sounds good. Um, but, man, uh, an ape's reason is feeble, intuition typical, psyche poor. <laughs> yeah. I want to see what animal has the best fighting, because yeah, apparently ape. parakeets are way up there somehow. Bear has good fighting. So okay, no, oh, uh, I guess hey, I'm looking <laughs> right under bear. There's a listing for behemoth, and I guess behemoth is a name for a large variety of sea monsters capable of walking on land, and include the whale-like giganto. Yeah, that's okay. what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. look at you. <laughs> and uh, Giganto is used by the Submariner in his initial evasion of the surface world. Yeah, yeah, he calls it with that, like, conch that he just plays like a big horn. Yeah. What is that? Uh, rhinoceros has r- remarkable fighting. I'm glad know. they put rhinoceros and not the rhino. That would get confusing. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm sorry, that's not rhinoceros. That's dinosaur. <laughs> How did I read that? <laughs> Again, I'm an editor. What did they give the lobster? <laughs> Don the lobster. Uh, let's see if they have lobsters. They do not have lobsters. Lions have excellent fighting. Uh, hey, rats have feeble. Octopus is excellent. Dog is good. Hey, what's a cat? I like cats. A <laughs> uh, cat is feeble fighting. What the what? 
Anyway, yeah, all right. So there you go. That's your Marvel role playing uh, game from 1984. Maybe we'll do something with that in the future. I don't know. We'll figure yeah. it out. Good. So, it's pretty pretty good. Whole campaign. Down yeah, we could, yeah, we could do a live game sometime. That would be thrilling, I'm sure. All right. <laughs> so uh, I guess that's about it for this uh, show. Let's get the fuck out of here. Um, next week, Tuffy should return. Also yeah. next week, the the Parade of One-Nine Authors continues with our old pal Pat Piccarelli. Hey, look at that. Uh, because we have released a new book, uh, Pat Piccarelli and his buddy Gianni Russo. Technically, it's available right now. You may not want to buy it right now until we figure <laughs> some shit out. Make sure there aren't any typos. You don't want to get one of them collector no editions in there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, theoretically, you can go buy it now if you want. Uh, I don't know when they're officially like making a big announcement about the release. Probably uh, this, maybe, I don't know when they do. I think their podcast it comes out on Wednesday, but I don't know when they record. I think they record a few at a time, so um, I'm not sure. But next week he'll be here, so we'll not, we'll talk all about the book and uh, his process in writing it. And I edited it. I designed the cover and all that shit, and we put it out from one nine books. So look for that. Another perfect stocking stuffer. <laughs> I know. So. Wow. I'm trying to educate everyone out there. And again, just to remind everybody, uh, Johnny Russo, he played uh, Carlo in The Godfather, right? You know, and yeah. uh, and Pat wrote a book with him called The Hollywood Godfather, talking about his life. And he and Pat uh, host the Hollywood Godfather podcast. Yeah, you can go listen to that. So Pat will be here next week. Tuffy should be here. Uh, Jank, I think you have a top 11 music thing we can do with Tuffy, right? So yep. we can do that. Um, Tuffy, it's his movie pick, I think. So we'll yeah. figure what, out what that is. And uh, Flea Market Fantasy up right now. Jank and I, I think it's the Joker. Yep. And then we recorded one last night. Uh, oh, Super Villain Team Up, Doctor Doom and Red Skull, which is awesome. <laughs> and then Jank. Nine oh, fucking whatever that was, mysticism. Yeah, yeah. Red Skull's got nine monstrous intuition and psyche or whatever. Don't <laughs> fuck with the Red Skull. Um but uh, Jank picked uh, Star-Lord's origin for the week after that. So if you ever want to know about Star-Lord, tune into that. And anything else, Jank? Anything else you'd like to plug? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Ongoing projects. All right. So uh, until next week, pass the Munchichi, Governor Gabby. Thank you very much.